and welcome to the Spookies Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie. And I'm Michael. And welcome to the official first podcast of Spooky Season. So, Stephanie, are you wearing your tinfoil hat? It is twisted up tight. It's wrapped around my head. Yes. I got mine from George Soros. (laughs) I don't know if I should trust it or not. I mean, can I go on Craigslist and find George Soros cash? I don't know. No. I want some of his money. That would be great. I want it so I can buy two PlayStation 5s. <laughs> I just Instead want more just makeup. One, yeah. I want, more, I want more makeup, and I want that boob job everyone keeps saying I have. Uh, That'd be great. Uh, tan. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, so today we are doing a special podcast where we had a conversation with Chris Knowles, who is an artist, a blogger, and an all-around interesting guy. I've known Chris for... I don't know, four or five years now, and I consider him a friend. And we had a big discussion about conspiracy theory, the X-Files, a bunch of stuff. But the main thing and kind of what we wanted to talk about was the face on Mars. Now, I'm just going to ask you outright, Stephanie, do you believe that there's a face on Mars? There is a fucking face on Mars. There you have it, folks. She's crazy. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um Apparently, it's controversial to think that there is a face on Mars, which I had no it, idea. It is very controversial. I just I have seen the pictures and I go, that's a fucking face. I Duh. am agnostic about the face. Um, yeah, I am. For those of you who don't know, that, I, need, I feel like I need to explain. So in 1976, uh, NASA's Viking 1 space probe was circling the planet Mars snapping photos of possible landing sites for its sister ship, Viking 2, when it spotted the shadowy likeness of a human face. An ominous-looking head, nearly two miles from end to end, seemed to be staring back at the cameras from a region of the red planet called Sidonia. It is an image um, that has haunted me ever since I saw it as a kid in the 80s. And I've had, two, I've had countless nightmares about that face, honestly. You have? Yeah, as a kid, it really bothered me. There was something about that face that it just creeps me out. And to this day, it creeps me out. I don't know if it's a face or not. I I think there's a convincing argument it is. And if you want to laugh at us, that's fine. It's a very symmetrical object in a mountain relief. I don't know how that's not man-made or alien-made or whatever you want to say. Ancient astronauts. Yeah, someone fucking made now, it. Now, look, we're a true crime podcast. That's true. But we talk about a variety of subjects on this podcast. Including supernatural things. And I guess you could put... We're going to get into ghosts. UFOs and... Uh, other stuff. Uh, we're going to do an episode on the Denver airport, which is a big conspiracy. That thing. airport's so creepy. And that's one I believe in. <laughs> so I'm on record. I, I believe there's something going on at the Denver airport. There is something weird about the Denver airport. I don't know if it's as uh, strange as you think it is, but... My belief in it, at least. Uh, we don't agree with Chris on everything, and I don't agree with Stephanie on everything. And that's neither just, do I agree with Michael on everything. So that's just the very, way it works. We you know? have very strident arguments about our beliefs. Stephanie is more spiritual than I am. Um, I'm kind of the skeptic of the, of the three of us on this podcast. Even though you're going to hear me say some things, you're going to be like, "You're a skeptic, and you, you're thinking this, and you believe in aliens." And yeah, I do believe in aliens. Um, but yeah, we had an interesting uh, dialogue with Chris. Uh, one of the things I want to say is that we talk about China, and I don't want anybody out there to think that we're talking about the Chinese people or demonizing them. We're talking about the Chinese government, right? which is horrible. And if you 
support the Chinese government, you're a horrible person because they're committing all kinds of human rights violations. Against their own people. And they are a threat. Constantly against their own people. This isn't fear-mongering. They are a threat to the United States, as is Russia. Well, I mean, I met a Chinese doctor who had fled China. So he he left, even though he would not be making the same amount of money here in America because he was a plastic surgeon in China and very well respected. In China, they still practice acupuncture. And it does work. And I asked him, I was like, is it because, you know, people uh, really think this works? He's like, no, no, no. The government's just cheap. This was from his. He's he's like, they don't do it because they they fundamentally think it's it's a um, working modality. And he he believed that it is because he practiced it. And in the United States It's one of the things he could do with his with his medical knowledge was practice um, acupuncture, and it was highly effective on me. But I do think it depends on the practitioner. I'm getting off off subject, but my point is... You're good is, at that. <laughs> yeah. My point is is that he, he was not enthusiastic about the Chinese government. Well, and he, he's an educated man from China, and uh, I, I really like him. Anyway... I talk about my dreams in this podcast, so this is, this is going to be a weird one. Look, if you don't believe in conspiracies, I always say this. If you've ever been cheated on, that's a conspiracy. Okay, all you liberals out there, we're liberals on this podcast. If you believe that Trump colluded with Russia, that is a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so don't sit here on your high horse, be like you guys are nuts, <laughs> you know? Because and there's some people who don't believe that any is a conspiracy. But at the, at the end of the day, it's a theory. It's not. It's not proven that Trump. And that's what a conspiracy theory is. It's a theory. It's a theory. It, it's yeah. a theory. We are not anti-vaxxers. I'm just going to say that right now. We got We're also our not anti-science either or no. anti-germ theory. Well, I always say that I'm pro-science, but I'm not necessarily pro-scientist. Right, because scientists can be unethical. And that was an argument that Michael Crichton made time and again in his books. We talk about NASA in this, and I'm just going to say I don't trust NASA. And if that sounds like I'm a kook, well, that's fine. But NASA was founded by Nazis. You can look it up. Yeah. Look up Operation Paperclip if you don't believe us. It's a that's real really thing. It's really disappointing to me because growing up, I had such a romantic view of of NASA. I didn't. I was, well, ahead. I I was mean, smarter. I was ahead of the curve. Yeah, no. whatever. <laughs> I love science fiction and the idea of that we could someday be... Uh, spacefaring in a way that was meaningful was, you know, just exciting to me as a kid. Um, but then I watched a lot of Star Trek Next Generation <laughs> and again, read, read sci-fi novels where it's it's like a more utopian aspect before I came to realize that human beings are trash. We also get into talking in this podcast. It's it's I'm going to be honest, it's kind of all over the place. We talk about the X-Files, of course, and I was almost tempted to title this episode X-Files 2 because we do talk a lot. There's a lot of inside baseball stuff in this. And if you don't know, you might get lost. I'm just going to say I was just me and Chris speak the language. We know it. We talk it. We can talk about it for hours. I was lost. Yeah. <laughs> I think the most offensive thing to me, Chris said in this, uh, was that he picked the end as his favorite season finale. And I'm like, really, the end? Come on, no. I, he, I thought that was interesting that he picked that episode. I always like when people pick episodes. He's talking about the X Files again, folks. Yes, that when they pick episodes that you wouldn't expect. I always, I kind of like that because I do that. You know, we like rolling, and everybody hates that episode. I love that episode. I don't yeah. understand why people dislike that episode. But yeah, Chris was—he's really smart. Uh, he's, you know, like Darren Mooney, he's really smart. He's got some interesting ideas. I thought it was a very thought-provoking conversation we had with him. I want to have him back on when we talk about life extension, because I think that's something Stephanie can chime in about more and 
these just kooky things people are doing trying to extend their lives. Not just people, rich fucking people. And I don't mean people who are the global slightly elites. wealthy. I mean billionaires and trillionaires. And yes, I sound like Bernie Sanders, but motherfuckers are making all kinds of money off the backs of all of us. And they have more money than actual countries. Human beings, individuals have more money. One thing. Countries. That's just One thing that I think Chris and Stephanie and I all share is a distrust of authority. Mm-hmm. And I always have. You know, NASA is a government agency and there's, you know, and I'm going to be honest, I don't trust our leaders. I don't trust any of them. Even mm-hmm. if I support them, I don't trust them. And I think that's hard for people to wrap their brains around. Well, and I think that might be one of the reasons the vaccine process, at least here in America, hasn't been as, as successful because there They've has done been things a, to violate They have violated our trust. Americans' trust over and over and over again, and they haven't done anything to repair that trust. So when something like a contagion comes along and we go, hey, we need you to take this vaccine. They're like, well, but the government made it and I don't trust the government. And my, maybe they just have a fear of needles. <laughs> I think that actually is what's happening. But I mean, that's a common fear. And we're not, look, I'm not making fun of people who have a fear of needles. I'm not going to say that, you know. I will make fun of you if you don't get a fucking vaccine, though. Just saying. <laughs> well, you've lost the audience now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was an interesting conversation. So without further ado... Here's Chris Knowles. Do you want to introduce yourself? Your books? No. no <laughs> you did write an X-Files book, though. Yeah. I, co- I did co-write an X-Files book. You should be proud of that book. It's good. I know there's some problems with it. And yeah, you can, yeah. And yeah. You, you've written that. You've written, uh, what is it? The Endless American Midnight, which I've read. You've written uh, He Will Live Up in the Sky, which is a f- fiction book. Uh, which I have not read, I must confess. Not yet. I do have it. I'm planning on reading it. And uh, Secret History of Rock and Roll. And Our Gods Wear Spandex, I believe, which is about comic books. and. I love that title. Yeah. Well, they do. That's a great title. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so. What topic are you going for we're going for the We're going for the Mars. Like, what is the face on Mars? So now, for people who don't know, there's <sighs> this picture. That's been floating around the internet. And it's a fucking face. And there are people who are saying it's not a face. And I say it's a fucking face. And now there's like new photographs from new um, telescopes. Was, yeah. And it, it looks, and I say it's still a goddamn well, face. Well, it started with the Viking space probe. <laughs> and what was it? 1977, I believe. They take this photo. But I remember from the 80s. Because the 80s is when I remember people were freaking out about the face. Or, yeah. you know, the supposed face. Was it on Unsolved Mysteries? It was, and they've taken yes. that episode, they've taken that segment out because it's now labeled a hoax, which is funny because it's, how can it be a hoax, you know? It's still a face. that Who perpetrated the hoax? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a weird... Ancient aliens who yeah. made the face? So I don't know. What, what do you think it is, Chris? Because I've read some of your blog on this, and I know the Jack Kirby connection to this, or... I, I, I haven't really thought about that stuff for a very long time now, 
Oh yeah. To be honest with you. I yeah, I just it's it's so hard because NASA is so just totally full of shit. Yeah. And you can never mm-hmm. like know which way is up with them. We we agree. And and it's just it just gets really hard because so there was that photo that was taken in 76. And you know, you can kind of make allowances that that was a long time ago and right. the resolution was poor and everything. And then they released this photo in like 97 and 98. Um, and what they, what they had done, what somebody had done was like mess with like the, um, contrast? the levels and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But not even the contrast. It was like, oh, I haven't worked in Photoshop for a while. So I'm, I'm forgetting my, you're saying um, they're no, me either. I know, but I know what you're talking you're about saying... the level, the black levels maybe, or the curves. Well, no, well, it's not even like the, cur- it's like they, it's, there's something where you can just take out like a lot of information and it isn't even necessarily like a contrast thing or curves or whatever. It's just like, Oh God, it's going to kill me. I'm going to forget the name. But so somebody had really messed with just basically the information. Like somebody just taken a lot of information out of the photograph before they released it. Mm -hmm. And then they, and then they released some other pictures, I think in 2003 or so. And this was, um, you know, they'd photographed the entire Sedonia region. Yeah. And, is... and, and yeah, and they, they, so they released some, you know, some very high quality photos and they didn't really draw any attention to it. And w- since I have this artist's eye, this like trained artist eye, I looked at those photos and I was like, okay, well, wait a second. There's something going on with that object because it's symmetrical you know Mm -hmm. it's like i can i can see symmetry you know because i have to like spot asymmetry you know i have to see when things are not symmetrical there's a there's a poetry to it yeah it's not even a poetry it's really a science it's so yeah you, you have to be able to just train your eye to see when you know perspective is off and symmetry is incorrect and so on so what I did is I took the photo and I took it into Photoshop and I oriented it so it was, you know, um, at a 90 degree angle. And then I just took it into this program where I could, you know, draw over, you know, just create symmetries with, with rectangles and you know, various shapes, you know, that I could just judge the symmetry. And I looked and I go, that's symmetrical. So I'm not exactly sure how you would have this object that's like a mile long or yeah it is the, it is yeah yeah whatever the dimensions they are saying so if it's like it's natural yeah symmetry does exist in nature right right there are, there are examples of it. the golden ratio but, yes but like does symmetry exist in like an object a natural object on a very large scale you know, a very large scale on a an, on a planet with a very violent atmosphere in rock uh, i i yeah. yeah, I I have, I have trouble with that. So, I, um, I, yeah, I've always found it just haunting looking at it. And I know that some people are going to laugh at me for saying this, but yeah, I, I find it very haunting. And there, there's it's always bothered me. I think that's what it is. I never knew that there was a controversy that it wasn't a face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's now dismissed as a... I've just been like, that's a well, fucking face. <laughs> well, it, there's, all the, there's whole idea of like pareidolia, right? And yeah, that's like, what I was getting to, can, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. You know, things can look like they're not, right? 
And, you know, we see this all the time. I mean, just anybody who just goes out and look at the clouds, you know, it's like, oh, that cloud looks like a, a dinosaur. And that Godzilla. Like yeah. a <laughs> There's a train. Yeah and, it, yeah. yeah. and it's just like, okay, well, that's just like imposing a pattern of, of order on a random fractal image. Yeah. But I'm not talking about that. Like, if, if, if it just was a face, I'd be just like, you know, whatever. Okay. You know, like, kind of like a, chat. sorry. I mean, but light and shadow can create illusions, right? Right. Yeah. And if it was but a little more they, asymmetrical, I might think that's what it is. Yeah. It's I mean, they, so light, symmetrical. Light and shadow, exa well, that's that's exactly my problem with it. So it is symmetrical. Um, so I just, I don't know. I, I can't say uh, for sure. And like I said, it's just like, it gets, you know, NASA is really a hall of mirrors, you know? Mm-hmm. Because now they're saying all the alien well, stuff is real. Well, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, it, we were going to get to that. But what isn't NASA basically? Wasn't it founded by Nazis? I mean, I know this sounds kooky, but like, well, Americans working with the Nazis. paperclip. Yeah, wasn't that they're the ones kind of founded it? Like, yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, it was at the Redstone Arsenal in Alabama, and it was um, Vernon von Brown and all his Peanut group. Yeah, yeah. You know, like so, there is a there is a school of thought that says that NASA is really just a PR exercise. And what their real job is to do is to develop um, missiles, like inter intercontinental ballistic I can see missiles. that. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense, uh, considering how and, uh, warlike our own country is. So, yeah, that makes sense to me. So and uh, I want to ask you this, because I don't know where you stand on this, really. But and whatever you say is fine. But do you what do you think about the moon landing? Like, is is it was it real or do you think that because I kind of my idea on it is kind of in between. Um, but well, I used to I was a big moon, moon, a big Apollo defender for a long time. And yeah. I took a lot of heat for it. I took a lot of heat for it. But see, what had happened is that, you know, I started doing a different kind of work where I really had to like spend hours and days sort of looking at a single image and working, you know, doing these sort of illustrations constructed off of photography and stuff. Right. And a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that they gave me was like, I, I had to do a lot of interpretation because you know how it is with photography. You're not always getting like an accurate image and, and there's distortions and perspective will be off and you have to kind of reconstruct things and so on. So, um, you know, like the more trained my eye became, I, I just looked at that Apollo stuff and I'm just like, there's just there's just no way. I, so here's the thing: it's like I can't say like I can't say personally that like I can't prove a negative. I can't say that like yeah 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 yeah. There was no moon landing. All I can say is that when I look at all that Apollo photo, you know, those photographs and and that footage and stuff, that's all done on the soundstage. So I mean, what does that mean? I don't know what that means per se, but you know, all the only thing that I can say definitively, and it, and it is a is an opinion, but it's an opinion based on like my training, right? Is that that stuff is bullshit? Okay. So, did they go to the moon? I don't know if they went to the moon. Maybe they did. Maybe well, they didn't. I can't prove it either way. My grandmother, uh, who raised me, never believed they went to the moon, and she her argument was always that, well, why didn't we go back? You know, if they went to the moon, why wouldn't they go back again? Now, my whole thing is what I believe, or I guess, is that yeah, they went to the moon, but a lot of what we see is staged. Um, because if they screwed, yeah. if, if they screwed up, 
then that would end the space program in this P, this PR race. So they, some of it was delayed at the very least. And they, you know, they monitored it and state. Well, have, I think about like how many problems did they have building these goddamn rockets and the people inside of them? And what the fuck if that happened and they blew up while they were trying to yeah, land? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they landed wrong and they blew up. And <laughs> you, now you have dead astronauts. And if you're showing that to a live world audience, that's a nightmare. So... So that could very possibly be. So, like I said, I can't prove. Like I can't sit there and say you can't prove a negative. Yeah, I get. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, I, I, and I think that I, I think that's that a that fair way to say it. Yeah, I don't trust NASA. I'm yeah. gonna say it. I don't I mean, trust. I think them. they. I, I personally think that they went there just because of the conviction of the astronauts uh, themselves. And yeah, I know they could say that, but Buzz is like super fucking old now, and he gets really pissed when people say we didn't go to the moon. And I feel like. He wouldn't be so straight. But that's at, his legacy. You got to remember that. Not true. As, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just, think, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Right. But the romanticist in me cannot allow that. We just did not go to the moon. <laughs> well, it's a very romantic idea. Uh, apparently, Chris Carter, when he wrote that episode Space, he was saying, though, that he didn't really have, he, he just kind of took it for granted we could go to the moon. So he Yeah. Didn't, and I still think, think that. Like, like yeah, we could still go to the moon. We're America. We can do anything. Yeah. And there's know? a part of me that still fucking thinks that because I grew up with like just loving NASA as a kid, not knowing anything anything about it but just the i, I love science, i was always suspicious fiction. of nasa no but i loved science fiction and i just had this idea i could be an astronaut one day not knowing that i needed to be a lot smarter and i needed to know math and i know neither of those things i always grew up thinking <laughs> nasa was hiding things i know that sounds makes me sound like a lunatic but i always thought nasa you know nasa stands for never a straight answer right so. but you were reading why, the Bible why, as a why child. does it make you sound like a like a lunatic because it's a government agency government agency yeah i don't trust the government well, also you know it's also like a quasi-military agency yeah so. and you should military i never trusted the military even though i come from a military family but maybe that's the reason why so yeah well i don't trust the military for that reason and it's because i grew up in a military town. i just always felt like they were hiding things now okay so here's the other question what is what is your stance on aliens? Because I don't really know where you stand on this. I know you've talked about UFOs and, but yeah, how yeah. do you feel about aliens? Um, you know, I gotta say that, um, like, I've never been a big like extraterrestrial hypothesis guy. Yeah, you know, I mean, for for a long time now, you know, and for pretty much most of the time I've been doing blogging and stuff. I I, I just. I don't know. I just don't really kind of buy into that. And I've had some, you know, we had a sighting, my wife and I, and actually my daughter too, like a really extended sighting of, of the, the, you know, the Chevron shaped oh, yeah. UFO. Yeah. And my son had um, like orb sighting. And then we also had like around that same time, you know, we had an orb sighting up in New Hampshire. And I got to say, man, I just looked at those things and or at least the orbs. And I'm just like, yeah, that's not technology. You know, it, it was so clear, like when I saw those orbs up in New Hampshire, it was like, it was so clearly under intelligent control to mm -hmm. me. It was just, it was so obviously under intelligent control, but I just looked at it and I go, I don't see any structure there. It's just like these orbs. It's just like, and, and you know what? I didn't like them, you know? Cause it, it seemed to me like when, when we were watching those orbs, I thought they were trying to make this plane crash. Huh. You know what I mean? Like. They, they looked to me like they were trying to like, you know, they're just flying around this plane that had taken off in the airport. And I thought very much that they were trying to make a crash. And then, and then it, 
after a certain point, they just sort of flew like right over our car. Like they just just went right overhead. We just sort of stood there watching. I was like, why didn't we get far, you know, so, a video of that? So do you think that they're like some kind of a- atmospheric life form? Or, or are they something spiritual? Or I, You know, I don't... I See, here's the thing. It's, it's so hard to say. So that Chevron thing, that was definitely a structured craft, mm-hmm. right? But it just... It moved in ways that I've never seen any... I mean, we, I'm right in the flight path of Newark Airport. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're seeing planes going back and forth all, all day, you know, and helicopters and just every, you know, the skies are just always pretty busy around here. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, when I saw that Chevron, I'm just like, how is that thing aerodynamic? You know, because, I mean, I got a photograph of it, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it's really hard to take pictures of things at night in the sky, by the way. Yeah. That's why. Oh yeah. By, by UFO photos are always so crappy because it's just, it's really hard. You have to have so like anyhow, super special telephoto lenses and that have a huge aperture. My dad's a photographer, and yeah, it, it's <laughs> you a have mess. To know what you, you have to know what you're doing too. You have to know how to use the stops and everything. Yes. So yes. um, so anyway, so we saw that thing and it was, it had these like, so it was a it was a V shaped structure, very clearly a structured craft, but it had these huge like lights you know there's six lights three on each side and i was looking at i was like how is that aerodynamic you know because if those are actually like light lights that thing would just that thing would never be able to take off because it would be so heavy and then i've heard people say well maybe they're like plasma engines or something and you know maybe they are i don't know but i I gotta just it just left me with like a real bad taste in my mouth like just like it gave me the heebie-jeebies like an ominous feeling yeah it, it really is because you know so a lot of people are like oh you know the space brothers are here you know oh, yeah that's you know, like, yeah in, in, wait what is the space brothers <laughs> well like the intergalactic yeah. space you know they're they're here for good oh. yeah they're here to help us they're here to save us and well everything. i do think they're stephanie i have a yeah i kind of have a more optimistic she has view. a utopian view of aliens no no here's why i think they're enlightened human beings i think they're i i don't i think, think they're, they're time travelers I don't know if it's time. Like a a rival or something? I don't think it's that. I think it's just they're, I don't know if it's panspermia or something, but I I, I just think they're human beings. I think they're related to the face on Mars. And I think some of them are here to do good and they're already living here. And maybe some aren't, you know, just like the way human beings are. And perhaps they have abilities that we don't have yet. Maybe they can speak telepathically and definitely they have technology that we don't have. I've seen UFOs, and we've talked about it on this podcast, but the UFOs I've seen, I believe, are military aircraft. Yeah, and that's the other thing, that I do think there's a bunch of them that are actual military craft. Like, the, for instance, on Unsolved Mysteries, the people who are always getting, like, burned up by radiation, definitely that's some <laughs> government shit. The ones where people just saw it and, like, groups, huge cities, and I, I and I want to say, like, Maybe your your city in New Jersey may have been one of the places. Oh, there's the Hudson Valley side, yeah, which yeah. is in New York. It yeah. saw like the, these giant aircrafts or whatever they were just floating across the night sky doing nothing. And they're they're like going, it's a weather balloon. I'm like, it's literally tanking up half of the city sky. How can yeah, you say that's not. a... Well, that's the Roswell. And, and no one's getting radiation, by the way. So I don't know. It's like they're saying, hi, we're here. I know your government's trying to cover it up. <laughs> I told this story on the podcast before, but my, I lived in Arizona in the eighties, and uh, we lived by we lived out in the desert, like twenty five miles outside of Phoenix. But we lived near I forget the name of the Air Force Base, and at night you would see these lights dancing above the peak, and they move 
you could just tell they don't move like normal aircraft. It's like the thing in the episode Deep Throat where they just move in this weird pattern that you would not... Zigzagging around and yeah. circular. And uh, what happened after that, though, is that the weird part of it was that uh, the ranch... We lived on a ranch. The guy who owned the ranch, uh, his cattle were found mutilated. And this is kind of, I think, before that was a big thing. Maybe I mean, I know it started previously, but it, it really wasn't like as dominant as it was in the late 80s and early 90s it was like the mid 80s and i was like chupacabra that's what and my grandfather (laughs) they also our truck had burn marks on it after one of these ufo sightings and my grandfather immediately believed it was aliens and he was saying it was aliens that committed the cattle mutilations and then he he got a rifle and he just started shooting at the lights at night it was was (laughs) yeah he was crazy but it was no it burned a huge hole in the in the yeah I mean, it was he a was top, crazy shooting at it. And it's, it almost like burned into the truck bed. Yeah. So, And he was real pissed because it, it ruined the the camper top. It sounds like a Darren Morgan thing. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like, <laughs> He's like, oh, you goddamn son of a bitching alien. So what, a, what is it? What is it? Okay. So what do you think about abductions? Like, what is, is this just, you know, people's trauma expressing themselves in different ways? Is it just people making up shit or is it really something there? I think in a lot of cases, it's people with like repressed memories of like yeah. sexual abuse. As, That's what as I've. Kids. I I always thought there's a rape connection mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, because it is like a violation. I I think there's a lot of it, and you know, I think a lot of it could be sleep paralysis. Yeah, yeah. That's, I've had sleep but, paralysis. You know, yeah, it's it's linked terif- to it the phenomenon. It is. Yeah, from a medication I, I took. But, yeah. I don't. Take I don't it like to, to see. I don't like to like make definitive statements counting any of that kind of stuff out because it's like you can go along denying something and then you'll have an experience and you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, that's that that is actually true. Well, uh, we go ahead. Well, with the with the abduction stuff, it's like I've known people who have claimed to have those experiences Mm -hmm. and everything. And uh, these are all just like very sincere, intelligent people, and they don't—they're not looking for attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, gen- they generally keep to themselves, you know, or they—they they have, you know, their little communities and stuff, and they don't seem like people who are trying to—I don't know—capitalize on their experiences. And 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 really, at this point in time, there's no point in it because that whole phenomenon has kind of cycled through the culture. It is, but what? um. Why and why do you think that is? Why is why are UFOs boring now? Like, and I'm not just saying this because of what you said, but it just seems like the public just doesn't care anymore. You know why? Because of um, Tom DeLonge and his little outfit. Oh, he the just, like, the Blink One Eighty Two guy. Yeah. What? Yeah, <laughs> and he, he, he just you know it's like um, he's like the kind of guy who like you know everybody was like at this banquet, right? Yeah, and was you know having like this big buffet table and he's the guy who comes in and just lays this like really horrible gaseous fart, you know, and it just, everybody just <laughs> loses their appetite. And I, th- I think that's what it is. It's like, he came along and he did that a tip thing back in 17, 2017 now. And he had all these like just really shady, spooky characters, you know, all these CIA guys and Lockheed people and everything. And everybody was just like, and and he also had this like really lame evidence, like really stupid, fake stuff. That, I I, mean, you, I remember watching him on the the Joe Rogan podcast. I about had never that. heard of this and guy that, until and, Michael started telling me. And, and, and yeah, he was not credible to me. Like it was just 
But that can't be the only reason because I I didn't I never heard of this guy until Michael was like, oh, there's this guy who was in Blink Blink 182. I didn't listen to that band. I I, I didn't. I'm not a fan of them either, but I knew who he was. I didn't know who he was. I suddenly know he was. Go ahead. He killed it. He killed it because. So here's the thing. It's like it was really kind of hopping before he came out with that. Yeah, yeah, operation. yeah. I remember. You know, that. like I remember when they that first um, that first episode of the the X Files reboot, like people were just people in that whole community were just jazz. I mean, they were just yeah, lit up like a Christmas tree. Yeah, they and, were. And then there were all the, you know, but like he just came along and he just it's just like made it just so boring and so stupid <laughs> and so lame, you know, and just like you know. A lot of the appeal of like the UFO thing was like, well, you know, we're not supposed to know this stuff, and it's like we're we're trying to find the truth, and then these guys come along, and it's like, oh, well, you know, you're right, you're right all along, and here's all these like really stupid photographs of like <laughs> Batman balloons that we say are, are UFOs, and just like, I, I when they came out with all this stuff, I was just like, you know what, I've seen a thousand more credible videos on youtube than this shit that's showing yeah i know i know what you're talking about it's it's like it's uh, he i don't know did he he kill the mystery is that what it is yeah yeah he killed the the romance and and the mystique too yeah yeah that's what i'm looking for yeah because they're that's still now that you bring up the the reboot of x-files that was still there and at least that the initial season i think there's a mystique though about a lot of this stuff that's gone away and i don't know um and i'm not talking about in a political way i just think there's a mystique because maybe it's because of the you mean loss of mystique yeah there's a it's gone away because maybe it's the science what you call the science religion i think or i don't know some of the you know i mean i think really what it really boils down to is that you've had the whole establishment you know getting on board this whole UFO situation. Thing. Yeah, and like... You Which know, is after, suspicious. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm, I, I'm always like, why are you being so nice to me? You know, that's yeah, kind of like my attitude. I don't, I don't buy it either. Once the government starts saying, yeah, there's UFOs. Yeah, the Navy was like, yeah, it's totally real. I'm like, what? Why would you ever say that? You. But where's your proof? But they're not really showing us any proof. They're just saying, yeah, we know it's real, but we're not going to show you anything. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the other thing too. So it's like, for years, for decades, you know, you could show them all the proof, you know, all these great photos, great video. And, and they were dismissive. This, you know, trace evidence, mm-hmm. And they were dismissive. And then, like, somebody turns around and, like, the Navy shows these, like, really stupid, lame, fuzzy, just impossible to make out little clips. And, and the whole establishment's like, oh, my God, we're about to be invaded. So it's just... It's, <laughs> Yeah, very, I saw um, him. I wasn't. I wasn't very. I didn't persu- see the photos. I wasn't persuaded. Lame. That's lame. Because I've seen hundreds of UFO. You photos. know that they have better technology and they have like satellites and shit aimed it, at whatever. It, some of it looked like stuff you'd see in the '80s that was fake. You know, it just it. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't convinced. And I have a friend who was like totally excited about this, and I'm like, dude, if they're talking about it, if the government's shoving it in your face, you know, have some have some critical thinking skills to think that some. But do you think that part of it is that people are, are now really worried about what's going on here on this planet? Like, you know, everything's on fire. There's global warming. Um, a lot of people are having issues with housing and getting food homelessness and homelessness and, and keeping a job. Or even if you have a job, now you have three jobs. And so those things of like aspirational 
things of going into space and aliens are kind of like who gives a shit because we're all struggling to survive in this rat race. Yeah, I think yeah, that. I, I agree with that. And you know what else it is? It's so it's like there was always this idea that like you'd hear this in a lot of the more sketchy kind of UFO corners, you know, like the, the space brothers and the contactees and everything. <laughs> My kind and of people. Yeah, I mean, just this whole idea, like, well, if they have this technology, if they're technologically advanced, that must mean they're like more spiritually advanced. And yes, it's just like, yes. Go out to go out to Silicon Valley and and try that one on. Oh, size, yeah, that's you know? a good point. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, go to freaking Facebook, and or, <laughs> yeah. or go to like the NSA, you know, the big data scraping farms in the middle of the Utah desert, and and tell me if like that maxim holds up. Yeah, you know, I think we've we've kind of seen like we've seen that that uh, technology is is usually used against us, weaponized. You, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weaponized against us, and you know, God forbid you have these beings that can go through wormholes. You know, then we're really screwed. I mean, well, why, why wouldn't they just it's wipe sort of, us all off the face of the planet like on the X Files? Yeah, it sort of feels like we're we're already in the singularity. You know, they always talk about there's going to be this singularity and we're going to merge with. But it sort of feels like social media and all that is just we're already there. Our, our brains are all we're in the lame singularity. Yeah, it's, it's like, a shitty, it. lame version of it. And I, <laughs> but, I've always but, but the rest of it was just hype. See, you know, we've accepted so many things from technology and science as truth that were always just sales hype. Yeah, I and agree. It was always I the agree. sales department, the sales departments <laughs> were the ones that were driving people's perceptions of the technology and not people in the labs doing the actual work. I can't tell you how many people have, have come to me over the years. And, and like, you don't understand this whole AI thing is not what you think it is. You know what I mean? It's not, you know, we're not building, um, you know, Westworld or whatever. Yeah, I've, like, I've, I've told Stephanie about this, about your, what you thought about this. And uh, I, I think it's very interesting. And, and, then, and, then I, and then I saw like this big, you know, there's this, it's uh, I, I, no, it's I-E-E-E dot org. And it's like the international something of electrical, whatever, electronic, whatever. I mean, whatever it is. Um, it's like engineers and stuff. And they have this big thing up on the site now about how like, no, we've kind of like hit the wall with this stuff. And, and the problem is, is that, you know, computers are not on this upper, upward scale. Like we're told they are by the salespeople and we're told they are by the media. It's like, I've had people say, credible people say that technology, you know, computing power reached its plateau back in 2005. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, all, all what we've seen now is just everything sort of coming to market that was already well, being developed. But, you know, it's like the, this, the very simple fact of like that you need a tremendous amount of energy, you know, you need huge infrastructure you need uh you know to build these things you need it it isn't like this whole science fiction idea like you see on something like fringe or anything you know right 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 it did the the the, there's a speed limit on this stuff and the speed limit is the laws of physics the laws of physics will determine Mm -hmm. the limits of our computing power and from what i'm gathering they did so you know 15 16 years ago 
Well, even people like uh, Noam Chomsky have said that the singularity is, is science fiction. It'll never, you know, this this Westworld, we're going to build androids and they're going to look just like people. That's never going to happen in, in his never mind. Never going to happen. I, not in our lifetimes. No, never going to No fucking no, way. No, no, no. I don't buy it. Not in anyone's it. lifetime. I don't buy it. No, we set the world you on fire. You, <laughs> you, can't fit, you can't fit that computing power into that smaller space. You yeah. know what I mean? So in order to have that kind of, android like an android like what we recognize from data or something right mm -hmm. you would have to fit giant banks of computers that fill like these huge complexes out in the desert you know into like a human being and it can't be done because you, you know we've reached the limit of miniaturization we we've don't have the physics the for it yet and i always kind of go back to interstellar like we, we just don't have the math or we don't know how to do it yet like maybe it's out there but we haven't reached it. I don't think, yeah. Human beings, at least in this iteration, have not reached I it. I mean, I've, I've talked about like five or six years ago, I was looking around and I was just saying, this is not the future I envisioned, you know? <laughs> like, I thought by now we would, our technology would be progressed because I was sold that. Yeah, well, we all thought that the world wasn't beyond We all fire. were sold that. Yeah. <laughs> we're all sold like that. I, it so feels, here's, it's, you know, go ahead. I mean, like this thing, like Zoom, this, this technology is like, oh, this is great, you know, Zoom and, and mm -hmm. all this tele teleconferencing and stuff this was being developed 50 years ago yeah right. yeah, it was. yeah 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 50 years ago okay no for real and no it's like i'm, I'm like, agreeing yeah i'm actually even agreeing. amazon like so all the concepts for everything that we take for granted now was developed either like in the 50s 60s or 70s the internet itself was conceived theoretically back in the mid 40s yeah i remember yeah yeah, yeah. or the military i believe <laughs> well, see, so here's the thing. It's like the rest of it is sales hype. You know what I mean? And the rest of it is to kind of get you into the system, to get you on board, you know, to get you online. But it's like, you know, this is something that I've been saying for years. And so it's like I work in these, you know, specific computer programs, right? And I started working on them back in the 80s, right? And they're not substantively different. No, you know, no, they, they, you know, there's been like, there's been like sort of like some tweaks and some updates and stuff, but you know, for the work I do, it, it just hasn't really changed. You know, it hasn't really, there's been a couple big innovations back in the nineties and that was the end of it. Yeah. It's like, the it's diff like is, is, is Facebook different than AOL? Like, no, really? yeah, no, it's, I mean? it's, it's, no, it's it isn't. It's like the difference between an iPhone five and an iPhone 13 or 12 there. It's not, it's a, it's a, rearranging it's not like this huge leap yeah i, I think just, that's what we're saying meh, it's not a you know. giant leap and i mean photoshop you can say okay well the controls are different and i would have to relearn how to actually use the software but the software essentially is still the same like they haven't really jumped that far ahead with what you can do with it except for maybe because that deep they've fake stuff the they've, they've, yeah. they've reached the limit yeah i mean but does anybody is anybody ever fooled by that deep fake stuff i'm not not yeah, yet I can always they're stop. saying they might be but i don't that's it's said uncanny valley. I, there's something about I always can tell, you know. Yeah, because human beings, we go back to the face, are really good at deciphering faces. <laughs> and if we're so good at deciphering faces, that fucking thing on Mars. Yeah, we're gonna go back to it's Mars. It's a fucking face. And I'll give you another reason why I think it's a face. Um, there are foundations that they found under the ocean where they think that might be the lost civilization of Atlantis. Now I believe it's real, and I believe there was a lost civilization of Mew, and somehow they sink into the ocean but why are there symmetrical lines underwater i'm just gonna let you 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 know tenfold yourself <laughs> into oblivion over here stuff i'm i'm, I'm letting you, you well know. no i just think that like there, there's always been civilizations around that think they're the smartest 
pinnacle that ever existed. I'm sure the Romans thought the same thing until they all oh, yeah. imploded. We've and, got very short memories. You yeah, know? I mean, that's we, what I mean. We only live a certain amount of time, and we've got very short memories. And this is the thing that I'm always saying. So everybody thinks that like everything is just going to go on in the straight line forever, and we're sort of taught this whole model of history. Yeah, But it's right. like when you really look at history, history is cyclical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it know, is. Civilizations rise and then they fall, and yeah. then another civilization comes along and they rise and then they fall. So if you look at something like Atlantis or Lemuria or whatever, you know things that have been passed down into legend and oh, yeah. science fiction and stuff. It's like, you know, I, I I can't say definitively that those things actually were real, but I can say conceivably, it makes perfect sense because we know that you know this planet has these crustal. <laughs> You know, these crustal plates that are constantly moving around mm-hmm. and water levels are rising and falling and, and well, it you has, know, I mean, it's continental drift. Well, and there's too much ocean. So when you look at the planet itself, it's like there's too much ocean compared to land mass, and that doesn't make sense. So maybe there were civilizations that existed. Maybe they well, napalmed well, themselves into oblivion and <laughs> well, for all well no, we but know. The original the original idea so the original idea of, of Atlantis is that it was destroyed by a volcano, right? It was a volcano. Right. Right, eruption, right? And but that's what if the they did story. it? Sorry, I'm well, jumping ahead. Maybe, maybe they did, but so so then there was this whole idea that this myth really came from Santorini, you know, the island of Santorini, mm-hmm. which is destroyed by a volcano. Oh yeah. Okay. So and now we're watching these volcanoes erupt in the Canary Islands, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, this world is very dynamic, right? So it's like, yeah, um, volcanic eruptions uh earthquakes i mean all this stuff could just collapse you know the bedrock of of a continent conceivably yeah, yeah. and then it and, and you know it doesn't fall all the way into the ocean because all these islands that we see all over the world are sort of like the you know the tips the, of the, the mountains tips. right right you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it, it's it's conceivable I mean, I just can't say it definitively, but when people just dismiss it out of hand, I'm like, why are you dismissing it out of hand? Like, how does this contradict science in any way? I don't uh, think it does. I, I mean, mean, human beings have been around for hundreds of thousands of years. If you prove Atlantis exists, that doesn't mean you, you can prove it doesn't exist. They haven't been able to disprove it, and they don't, they don't have a really good explanation of why they're symmetrical right angles underneath the sea on the seafloor i think there's probably many civilizations we don't know about but i agree they were erased yeah you know they were time well what? look at it this way you've seen like those pictures of like alexandria right yeah so yeah, alexandria yeah. had like a whole other you know it had this whole other coastline that was destroyed by earthquake and like divers go down there all the time and like this is this whole other world under there and it's the same thing as what is it that place in in off the coast of Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, know, we, I, I know what you're talking about. Why is that where places. Lemuria was? I don't think Yeah, so. but when you talk about, like, I know what you're talking about, like, the Bimini Roads and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like, I don't understand, like, why people would have, have trouble with that because... Well, we I, think, have, I we think have, we have precedents for it. So why why would it be dismissed? I, I think what it is, this is what I think it is. So there's, like, this corpus of, like, pseudoscience, right? Or... or there used to be like this corpus of pseudoscience. And then you had like this scientific establishment that, you know, were sort of on the ascendancy because they were getting all the money from the government, you know, because of the space race and yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. So there were all these like topics that were just verboten, but it wasn't, it wasn't just like science, but it was like, there was this kind of thinking that like, 
if we entertain this this sort of pseudoscience, it's gonna it's gonna lead to fascism or what or totalitarianism. You know, there was it was just like this idea that I I think is is bad science in and of itself. Well, like cryptozoology like, or something like you know when they're talking. It always goes back to communism. Like it's gonna turn into communism or, or fascism or some kind of totalitarian. <laughs> but either or. So yeah, I mean you had I mean you literally had like these contactees who were talking about the Space Brothers and stuff back in the 1950s who who like saying, oh well they want communism. Yeah. You know it's like yeah, our yeah, Space yeah. Brothers want us to live under like this communist worldwide government. Right. And, like that's. Well, that's why the you know, the, the FBI was monitoring these people. This is hilarious. You know what I mean? But you know, and it's the same idea that like, um, you know, because there was this whole ferment in in Germany after the First World War, right. and you know, like Theosophy and all this kind of stuff was very popular. And there's this like very faulty thinking that that stuff like just automatically led to Nazism. You know, that that Theosophy fed into like Ariosophy and and uh you know race science and all this kind of stuff and and that to me is like yeah you kind of making a lot of leaps there that aren't really justified uh, yeah i agree the nazis agree. you know when the nazis came to power they weren't really crazy about any of that stuff they kind of like put all those people in prison and shut well, down yeah it's like presses, it's like they call them I mean? so it's like I thought it was because everybody was poor and then they needed a scapegoat. The national, uh, you know, the social, they call Nazis socialists and they're not socialists. They're not socialists. No, no they're not at all. Yeah, it's rooted in a kind of populism, but it's a, it's a very. But it came about because of the poverty after World War One, yeah. because we destroyed them and then we didn't rebuild. That's when which all, is where all this, like. Versailles, it was the Treaty of Versailles because mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. After, right. after the First World War. Um, you know, which is the, they call it the cousins war. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was like all the, you know, the grandkids and kids of queen Victoria yeah. just decided to have this big civil war. Those fuckers. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, you know, after the war, they, they really put the spruce to Germany with the treaty of Versailles. So it's like England and France were as responsible for the rise of Nazism as, as anything. Yeah. Cause they just, they, they, just really like put the screws to them and a lot of it was just like like i said it's like this this cousins these it's this incestuous aristocracy that are just playing these the games of thrones yeah it's like it is like the real life game of thrones it is so. it yeah. is yeah i i always say that you know my fear now and and, and i don't use the term globalist because you know it has bad connotations but the global elite i think are, are very dangerous the and, oligarchy yeah like, and it's in it these... and the elon musk is a global elite like it's all these people like that richard branson and bezos and then the... there's no good billionaire no there is yeah. no such thing i mean as a maybe kind george lucas I, I, I is totally agree benign. Yeah, maybe george lucas is He's probably benign, the only benign one you know whatever <laughs> But these, all these guys going up into space in the dick rockets. Oh, the fucking dick rockets. Yeah. How could I forget this fucking shit? Oh, man, they which pissed are, me off so much. Which is just a joke. Okay, so here's the thing. So you asked me why I'm kind of like skeptical of like the moon landing and stuff. Yeah. And, and here's a good reason. We sort of saw this play out in real time over the summer. So you've got people like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson who just have all the money in the world. Yes. And they've been, they've been working on these rockets for 20 years. Okay, they started working on these things '90s, early 2000s. That, right? so they, that long they, ago? Yeah, yeah, he's right. Yes, oh. yes, yeah. They make it so sound like it was just 10 years ago. No, but they he's were just right. I've, I've been fucking around about with this. them. No, yeah. I didn't know. Okay, so they've had 10. They've had 20 years to to develop these rockets, and you know, rocket science has presumably. I mean, maybe it hasn't. You know, 
but we can presume that there's been at least innovations in, in rocketry since the, the 1960s, right? Right. And like, what do they do? Like Jeff Bezos is like, he, he didn't go anywhere near space. No, no. He just he, got a he new was upper in the lower reach. Yeah. He was in the lower reaches of the upper atmosphere. So he wasn't even like where the space station is. I mean, he was just basically like maybe 30 miles above where like the U-2 spy planes used to yeah, be. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it was a joke. And the media was just fawning they acted over. like it, it was, was real space. Sickening. And these aren't scientists going up there. Look, and I don't trust all the scientists, but I mean like actual people who know things. <laughs> Smart people. No, it was, it was, just, it was, it was, it was a bunch of rich and, and cunts like, going up into the upper atmosphere. I'm going to let like you get away with space. that stuff. You're, you could say that. I can't. What's <laughs> my favorite word. But, you know, so then, uh, then um, Branson had his little space vagina, right? His little, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh God. Wait, does right? it? I got to look at a picture. Well, I remember. It's, it's like the space or the space uterus is what I like. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, how did I miss that? Because I see space. like it's nowhere near space. So he's had 20 years and like just untold amounts of money because it isn't just his money. They've had all these investors and all mm-hmm. this stuff and, and the government's the money. Can, that's the best they can do. Like, that's literally the best they can do. I mean, come on. Well, are, are we Elon really Musk is that? like a emperor has no clothes type thing. He's oh, he's a, he's he's a, a don't he, get me started. He's I a hate fraud. Him. Oh, he's I fraud. hate him. Yeah. His horrible. I think he's a total fraud. Amazon I, I think, company. I think he, he's yeah, the I, real he just, Tony Stark, which would be a fraud. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, the real Tony Stark, which doesn't exist. No, yeah. I, he's such a troll too. He's always just like shit posting on Amazon and everything. I mean, Our, on Amazon and Twitter. On Twitter, yeah, he, he's. It's just like, come on, like, do you really think a guy who's got those kind of responsibilities and this huge empire of like, you know, the boring company? And the rockets and Tesla and all this kind of. You think he's just like shit posting like this, just bizarre. <laughs> he's like somebody from 4chan. He's like yeah. a 4chan troll. Well, he acts like he's self-made. Yeah, I, I'm like, what with his millions of dollars that his parents gave him in the in his parents' fucking swank garage? Like that's not being self-made. Hmm. He got Isn't a, it like no, a diamond mine no. too? They're you know. <laughs> well, I mean, none of these people who say that they're self-made are really ever self-made. They always had some kind of. Oh capital. yeah, Bezos had a lot of money. That's given. what I'm saying. Yeah. He was already rich. So, and, but he also had like heavy-duty military-industrial complex. Yeah, yeah. Too. Oh no, shit. Well, Amazon, and I was going to bring this up because Steph, I, I got banned from Amazon. Yeah, we both did. Our, and and uh, yeah. for no reason, and it they were felt stealing like my it felt like being shut out of the world in mm-hmm. a weird way. Even though, uh, in some ways, I don't want to trade with them anyway. But it felt like we were blacklisted you know yeah and it's weird because like you know you you talk to someone oh you should get that you can just get it from amazon and, and it's so ubiqu- ubiquitous like it's everywhere like oh just get it from amazon get this get it from amazon how do you, how do you get how do you get banned from amazon well uh, they were stealing my credit card information for almost two years and i finally nailed them on it they kept and what they were doing was abusing the visa uh credit system to get my new numbers yeah and when i found out i couldn't find out what like who I was talking to, what their name was. And suddenly uh, they said, I my account was fraudulent. I'm like, how is it fraudulent? How can you show me that it's fraudulent? They were like, we cannot. And I'm like, well, I still have purchases that you haven't given to me because I was, read a lot. And it was I like got e-books. banned and they banned her because. That's, yeah. But also it had to do with the credit card thing because they were also, because we're on the same internet, Michael and I are obviously. 
and I'm assuming they would get that information. They would send, they would deliver packages for me, and it, the stuff was broken. And I did make a bunch of returns, but it was because it was broken. broken. And I'm not going to pay, you know, three hundred dollars for something or one hundred fifty, and it's broken. So I'm not going to keep it. I'm well, gonna... and they've even stolen things too. So they would send it to like other addresses, and we complain like, "Hey, that I never got this bottle of perfume." Yeah. And yeah, because Michael, I kept telling him like, "Please do not buy this stuff, like beauty products from Amazon, because they never send it." And uh, I worked lost. at Amazon briefly <laughs> to make extra money. It was a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. You were there, what, two weeks? Yeah, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare, yeah. So I don't know how people are doing well, you it. Know, you know, it's funny because you, you use the term globalism and people, you know, have like this weird definition of it that I don't really subscribe to. I know what you're talking but to about. me, what it is, it's like it's it's capitalism untrammeled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's capitalism unfettered. Yeah, yeah, it's not even it's, really it's capitalism because it's something else at this point. It's like point, late right? cap. It's yeah, but it's it's, it's late, late stage capitalism. capitalism. Oh, is that what they yeah. call late it? Late okay. stage capitalism, which it. is like is 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 not even like the same. It's like a totally different animal. Yeah, because it's, it's like not like you know any mom and pop. Yeah, no one can just open a business so, anymore. You have to have like millions of dollars behind you to get started and really be successful. Chris, why? This is what I want to kind of, I guess, get to now. Why is it that people seem to just not care, like X-File fans, why do they just not seem to care about the first season anymore, or the early years? What what has happened to the show to where it's now devolved, the fan base is devolved in these people who just talk about the later seasons or the, you know, the, the, the relationship, but they seem to, I feel like, have forgotten where the show came from. Because I love the first season, I know you do too. And even people that we know, like Tony Black, who, you know, I like Tony and all that, but he doesn't care for the first season very much. But Which I is don't. crazy. That's like And neither does season. Darren Mooney. It's a great yeah. season. It sets the whole goddamn thing up. It's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a guy who really likes the first season of Next Generation. So let me just preface. Uh-oh, uh-oh. So, I love the Next Generation. I, 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 my wife and I got, like, the boxes. We really... Because we were watching that when it was on. so and, and that was like when my first son was born. And we had these like really good memories of it. And then like we were watching the Pulaski season. We're just like, this is terrible. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> uh, she was awful. Oh, my God. That woman was like a, a charisma magnet. She just sucked all the joy out of that show. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I, think, I think what a lot of it is is that I think a lot of the fans that you know, became like the sort of the shipper contingent. I think they got into it very late. I think like they season got into six. It. No, like see, you mean I, like I, decades I, after the show? Maybe when it was on Netflix? Well, maybe, maybe later, but also like a lot of these, you know, women that are kind of older, I'm always stunned when I see these threads on like the X-Files board on Facebook, or whatever. And they're like, well, I started watching during season six. I'm like, what? Season six. That's when you started. Yeah, watching? that's when it's wrapping up. That's pretty much like the last I, I, true uh, season, in my opinion. I, I, but I think, but you know, I think you know, they were kids. They were young. You know. Yeah. So it's like they maybe the older people have kind of cycled up. I think there the there was a the, generation the of fans that just left the show. I think they they didn't get what they wanted. They weren't satisfied, and they took off. And I don't think they ever came well, back. Well, it's like that with it's 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 like that with every show, and particularly a show that was you know premiered almost thirty years ago. Right? Yeah. So you're always going to have this like attrition with with the fan base, right? <clears throat> but here's the thing: 
the fan base was always awful. Yeah, I, always that's bad. true. You've told me this, and but how were they? Because look, I was around in the '90s. I was a fan. I watched the show since '95. The first episode I saw was Aubrey. I didn't see the first season, but I watched. I did. Yeah, she the did. Beginning. She, but I, I was there early on. But I never really interacted with the fans. No, it was harder to find. Message boards were weird back then because that was the. I early didn't even internet. get a computer until '98, so there, you know. And when I got online, I said, "Uh oh, this is yeah." But the message how, boards were hard to get to. Were they, they just were like lo- Usernet? Were boards. they looked upon as just really nitpicky, or was it just goofy? Or, um, well, you know, it's it's here's the thing. It's like everything sort of starts out, and you have this kind of honeymoon period, and everybody's excited. Yeah, but there's there's also a, a psychological component to this, and I think when people sort of get on the ground floor with something like that becomes a phenomenon, right? They feel a sense of entitlement. Oh, yes. Yes. They feel, they feel like some of that glory should have gone to them. Like some of that have should have rubbed off on its ownership. Yeah. I was here first. I've seen that with bands too, by the way, like in music, like people are like, I I listened to them and then before anyone knew who they were. Now they suck. And now you can't enjoy it the same way that I do. Because they're popular. Yeah. Now they're popular on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I think I think so. I think what happened is that you know, let's I mean let's start to break this down. So it's like a kind of like science fictiony horror show. So you're going to have like a certain kind of fan that's going to be gravitate towards that. And it's on Friday nights at nine. So like people, <laughs> you know, people who are home on Friday nights at nine, usually probably people that don't really have the most like social lives. Oh well, you know, they, my the mom most and I. Vibrant, <laughs> You know, most successful and vibrant social life. I was like imagine. 14, so. Well, I think it was, we you were know, like, what, like, 13, 14? I'm not sure. Yeah, I was a kid. Well, I, I was, see, I was home I because 13, I, I, I was home a lot. I mean, I wasn't home, all, you know, for a lot of the first run episodes in the first season, at least. But, you know, we just bought a house. I my, You know, my son, my first son, I guess, was six. And my second son was just a year old. So we had two small kids in the house. And we just, you know, just bought a house and everything. So I... I was going to be home. So I was sort of like this weird outlier, but you get a lot of people who are like are home, probably not of their own choosing. (laughs) Incels. Let's just say, no, you mean adult incels before that was a thing. So take that. So take like that. You just have a kind of personality type that isn't the most sociable, right? Kind of elitist nerds and things like that. Yeah. But then you also have the anonymity of the internet and just like the kind of like, you know, the keyboard commando. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, like people who wouldn't peep up, you know, they'd be quiet as a mouse if you were face to face with them, but put them behind a computer, computer and give them like some random handle. And they're going to be like, you know, the They're going to roll like a lion. Yeah, the it's most like the South Park episode. Interesting all... thing to me about that Kamel X-Files Files podcast is when he would actually talk about the... Um, he would go and try to find the message, the old message board messages from back in the day, and they were so weirded out by things like porn or, you know, they had different... The, the things back then they were upset about are just weird. Like It's very 90s, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you were saying that Scully, like in the beginning, they thought of her as a brat, I think. They thought she was ugly. I do remember that. I saw that actually in like the TV guides and the magazine. Like my mom wasn't a big like um, rag magazine person. Like she would get people and I think TV guide because and she liked her soap operas digest because those were her shows, even though she like 
I don't know how she had time for all of this shit because she was a teacher and then was a videographer with my dad because he's a photographer and did all these weddings. And I stuff. never heard this. Well, you didn't know that she was uh, that Jillian Anderson back then was ugly. No, they did. They considered her. They thought like when on the red carpets, they she would just get like man. They hated her. Well, I know dresses. Joan Rivers hated they her. They hated her fucking hair. Yeah, because we would watch. Of course, I mean, you know, my mom and I, we would watch the the award show seasons and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that crap. And they just look. Sometimes her looks weren't the best, but she was stunning. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's beautiful. Like she doesn't have a. This is before stylists were really a thing too. I mean, they were just kind of starting the, the, out there. But this 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 is before the uh, era of the anorexic Jillian. So <laughs> I miss more um, curvy, healthy looking Jillian. I'm just yeah. yeah. Jillian is yeah, she needs I, to eat. Jillian is the '90s. Scully is the '90s. That Jillian and that era. That I love that. I wanted to be her. Oh my god, I wanted to be her. <laughs> she was so well. Cute. Here's a, so here's the thing though. So here's the thing though. So it's like she starts off and she's you know she's the foil. So Mulder is like the charming one who gets all the good lines and everything. Yeah, it's funny. Like, oh come on, Mulder. You know you saying like blah blah blah. Do you really mean me to want me to believe this? And like she's just the wet blanket. Because oh, know, I you, agree. You're going yeah, along for the ride, you go along for the ride with with Mulder, and it's like the way she was written was just like she was just bratty. She was just a contrarian. She would just say, you're wrong. I'm, she was a den denialist. Yeah. yeah. So then, you know, so she starts off and she's kind of glam, you know, in the pilot and stuff in the first couple of episodes. And then they, you know, like, they wanted like her to be like dowdy. Like they wanted her to be more like Clarice Starling, I guess. Yes. I, yeah, I noticed they, that they, with you know, the they clothing. They start dressing her down. And like for, for the most of the first season, like. And she's pregnant. You know, and good. then she gets pregnant, and then by the time of the Erlenmeyer flask, she's enormous. Oh yeah, I, mean, yeah. I never so knew big. as a kid. By the way, I did not know this information until I was much much older. That, yeah. but so here's the interesting thing. So when like Glam Jillian, very interesting way that this sort of popped up. So what had happened? So she has her baby, and like the timeline's really weird about that. But you know, uh, yeah, I, I, we we've talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like it's just like the whole thing is just very strange but so she comes back and she's taking care of the baby and she's tired you know she's she's up all night so starting i think it was it was specifically red museum like that was the episode so she's coming in to work and she's got these like dark circles in her eyes and they just start just plastering her face with makeup just to you know take uh, away she's, that yeah because she doesn't she's not well and she's and tired it, it's like if you if you look at so, if, I mean, I love Red Museum anyway because to me, it's I like, do. It's, it's a not great even episode. Science fiction. It to me, it's just it's just a documentary as far as I'm concerned. Wait, which I mean, one is this like, one? Stephanie's seen all episodes. Red Museum is the one about the the growth hormone in the cattle. Oh yeah. yes, yeah, that's a great episode. Yeah, we yeah. we we watched that one. A lot. It still holds up. Yeah, it it's, does. Well, it, it, it I believe it because every everything about it, everything about. That episode is based in fact. Yeah, mm -hmm. Stephanie that, is. I think I know where you stand on GMOs, Chris. And Stephanie is a. She's right there with you on well, that. Well, I have chronic illnesses, and it wasn't caused out of accidents, you know. Yeah. And all all of a sudden, there's just millions of majority women because our hormones are more delicate. Suddenly, we're afflicted with diseases that are autoimmune from, diseases. Autoimmune yeah. diseases so that I, are caused from yeah. hormone disruptors, like growth yeah, hormone like, so and GMOs yeah. and pesticides yeah, and heavy I, metals. I, 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 like I don't eat wheat. I, don't, I I can't you know dairy, dairy and wheat. Yeah, like, me too. I'm allergic. I'm now allergic, allergic to dairy, and I've actually was ill the other day when uh, we couldn't do you know the podcast. I was ill because I've been having GI issues because of I've been trying to 
You're built, he's food. building an intolerance to dairy. It's, yeah, it's yeah. really bad. And I have one now too. And I, I have, I think I've always been sick with uh, celiacs. I mean, I can go back all the way when I was a baby. <laughs> and there might even be a genetic component uh, um, on my side of the family. Well, <laughs> the wheat, I mean, the wheat is the, that was like, that was where they really did, you know, the, that was like the testing ground for all the GMOs and all the um, experiments mm -hmm. and, and the gene editing and all that kind of stuff. And France so anyway, kicked so them like, out of there. Yeah. They had, France had it and they were like, no, no, this shit, this I, stuff is bad. My, and their people don't have celiacs. So that's strange. My, so just go back, go back and watch. So like I was saying, go back and watch that episode of Red Museum and you'll just see it. Like that's like when they really start. That's the change. Yeah. Her up. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the episode with, and, and I know specifically that that was the episode that the makeup artists are like, oh, we've got to do something about this. You know, and then by the time, like, I mean, halfway through the third season, I mean, she's oh, yeah. just, you know, she takes your breath away. And then like, like to me, peak pretty Jillian was like fifth season. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think four and five she looks the best. I think the, the, I want to say like like up to the movie. Yeah, and then yeah, During the movie that, and all that, she she looks great. The budget expands, and so they have better clothes, and and their the haircuts are better. Her hair color is better. And that's the thing is, I know that the first season there some terrible wardrobe, but that was the wardrobe of the time, you know. Yeah, like, that's the thing. It it really does capture some of that zeitgeist of that the the hideousness of the the late eighties. And they are dressing her like you said, and it, she looks frumpy. You know, it's yeah, just, it's like a frumpier version of Clary. Yeah, it's it's you know. her first outfit in the the pilot is good, but then some of the other ones, the colors. But also, this was just the wardrobing. I I remember but she's those an ugly FBI clothes. agent. See, that's the thing. It's like she's supposed to be an FBI agent. Yeah, she's so not she's not going to be, be like, super you know, glamorous. She's not walking the runway, at, you know, fashion. <laughs> right. When the show, I I told Stephanie this earlier. The more the show got away from them being FBI agents, the less interested I became. Um, or when it would be, it became more a show about just stuff happening to them and not mm -hmm. they're going out into America and or you know investigating uh, UFOs or monsters or whatever. That to me is what the show is. When it becomes more, and I like season six, but when it becomes more in season six, like they're constantly having these time loops and all this stuff, I it loses me. It just becomes another sci-fi show. I do love season. Yeah, but six you know now. what? You know what? here's the thing. It's like how many stories can you write? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Many, oh, I agree. How many show? How many shows have gone on that long? So, but, so I'm I'm a, I'm like a big um, super, supernatural fan, right? Oh yeah, we we've been we watching it. Too, it. Supernatural. We haven't finished like, it yet. It, it's to me, it's like it's just comfort food because mm -hmm. it's the same stories. Yeah, yeah. Over and over again. Yeah. And like the, the they they do like a mythology every season, and it's always the same story. Yeah, it is. It really I mean, that's, is. That's yeah. what. That's what. That's like so. That's to me is like it's almost like the X Files, but it's on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, I, they're very similar shows. We've been we've been binge watching, and I haven't been able to watch as much because I've been writing so much for the podcast. But yeah, it's really what good. What are we on season ten now? Yeah, yeah. I can't believe we're up to see. We're in about the middle of season ten. You can. I think. You, there's so many actors from the X Files on that show. It, it, well, and they were able to make stories that didn't maybe work well in the X Files. They made them work really well shyben's work on supernatural is much better i would argue than his work on uh, now i don't know if he was rewritten or not but his work on x-files now that does now, you know the x-files has much better highs the highs of the x-files are in the stratosphere you know uh i was but you, you gotta understand the difference between, so the x-files was like they never wanted to repeat themselves it was always like we've got to do something new the different the yeah because because here's the problem this is the difference between x-files and supernatural so x-files like say around fourth or fifth season is like they're getting 
22, 25, 27 million people watching it a week, right? Yeah. Fourth or fifth season of Supernatural, they have like maybe three or four million yeah, people Yeah, yeah. It's a much smaller audience. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it's <laughs> like, you know, it's a total, totally different scale. And, you know, you when you've got that kind of audience, you've got to keep their interest. Yeah. So I think that, I think that you know, in the sixth and seventh seasons of The X-Files, they kind of outsmarted themselves because it was like, oh, well, let's try this and let's try this. And it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, it's you get what's called innovation fatigue, where it's just like, stop reinventing the wheel and just go back to telling basic stories, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's and, and that's what I do like about season eight. Stephanie is not a fan, but I do it. like they go back to. Well, there are some really, especially the first half. I really like. I that cannot season. watch it. I well, I was starting to float out by season seven, and I think I was just getting busier. I was like an older teenager at that point, and I'm like, uh, I, I think Roadrunners is one of the best standalone. There's some ever good did. episodes in there because yeah. Michael's shown them to me, but a, and via negative. I, I'm a big fan of as well. But also, I was just pissed that they never ended the story because I felt like I, I just wanted that second movie. I was like, you know what? I think it needs to be. It needs an ending. It needs a finish. So do you? Think- I think well, they did. Just- they they had, no no no. Here's the thing. They did end it at the end of season eight because Chris Carter was under the impression that that was going to be his last. Season. Yeah yeah. You're right. What was going to happen? What was going to happen in season nine? It was going to be uh, Robert da- and Danabeth. And, and yeah. It was just, it was going to go off in a totally different direction. But what happened is that Jillian resigned. And Chris Carter had said that as long as David and Jillian are on the show, I'm not. Yeah, you know, you're I'm, right. I'm, you're I'm, right. So it's like if she hadn't resigned, I mean, I think in a lot of ways that season would have been better because the, the, the real weak link in season nine is the mythology because it's like. Oh, I agree in a situation where, you know, you thought you finished something and you Mm -hmm. worked really hard to finish it. And then like somebody comes along and says, oh, it's not finished. And Jillian is just absent. And and this is the problem. And I like season 11 a lot of the X-Files. I I, I enjoyed it. But Jillian was the problem with the revival in many ways because she was just absent. She was not there. Which is unfortunate because I really like her as an actress. Yeah, she wasn't even trying. I don't think. And I I know we're going to get shit on for this. I don't care. Well, no, she had just she just played Stella in that um where she's like a Stephanie likes some of her work. I really don't care about her outside of the X Files, but you know she wasn't no, doing. I've, I've wh- never been impressed. I, I thought. See, here's the thing. I watched the first two seasons of The Fall. Right. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Yeah, and, The Fall. Yeah. Yeah. I loved and, it. And I just, what, I just really got the impression that she was still in that mode. And you, know, to be honest with you, I, I thought too. Like, in the, yes. In the in the the tenth season, I thought that. DeCovney was still in like Hank Moody mode. Yeah, he got well. He kind of you know looked I mean? like so, him too with his haircut. You know, not. <laughs> I, I just kind of felt. I kind of felt like they just they Californication. They, they, oh, <laughs> they weren't. They weren't inhabiting the roles. No. So and then like season eleven comes along and it's like I thought David was really good. He was great. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. he did a really he good was, job. He was really work. He was really working and he was you know he showed he up really on. But she was like, and the thing I'll tell you, my wife, she was like, she could not stand that like vocal fry. Sorry. Yeah, the vocal, like the Ugh. six pack of cigarettes a day voice that yeah, she was like whispering. Yeah, smoker's voice. Yeah, that's like smoker's voice. Like, she's, I, you know, I've seen her in interviews that she doesn't have that voice. Well, and she had weird takes, like, uh, Scully wouldn't roll her eyes if she gets older. I'm like, yeah, she would. I still roll my eyes, and I'm older, so that's weird. She's overthinking it. Oh, yeah, way overthinking it. And I'm like, well, you still roll your eyes, I Jillian. Think, <laughs> I think that the and those sad, wigs, the wigs oh, are the wigs are bad. Wigs bad, yeah. The thing is, I think Jillian is is never been, I don't think she thinks the show is ever should have 
been a big I think I'm mean, she's happy for the success it's given her but I don't think she ever watched the show I don't think she's really a fan of the show I think David watched it some and kind of never liked. thought of it that way but that makes but sense. I don't think she I don't think she got the show I think she got her character you know and and there's times in four and five and you know and all through the Vancouver years especially where she is she is just phenomenal yeah as a dramatic actress she's very good she is just I, amazing I don't think she's I don't I'll just say this right now I mean I don't think she's ever done work as good as what she does no I, I don't think he has either right, to be honest I would say the closest it comes to is is maybe um her Margaret Thatcher or not uh, Margaret Thatcher. Uh, uh, I, no, I, I, well, listen. Let me tell you <laughs> something. Crown. I can't stand. I can't stand that her accent. <laughs> oh, the me, British accent. <clears throat> like to me, like it's the comparison I make is that it's like high school production, My Fair Lady. You yeah, know? it's just like I don't buy that accent. And I know she said, "Well, I grew up in London. I had this accent." And it's like. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in Boston. I used to have a really thick Boston accent. And I can like, still hear it. Back, <laughs> okay. <laughs> My aunt lives so in Boston. I grew up in part of, parts of uh, Texas, so yeah. But so if I went back to Boston, I would probably pick it back up again. But it, it would, it you would still have like, it though. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Yeah, but not. <laughs> you still not have it. So not I like can hear I the Jersey. To. I, I tried to do it's a, a blended accent. I tried now. to do yes. an impersonation of you, Chris, on one of our podcasts because I was like, he's going to come on or whatever. And I and everybody's like, you sound like Bernie Sanders. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? You fucking did. It's awful. <laughs> it was really bad. But, uh, You're the first person to make that comparison. Yeah, I was so, like, he doesn't sound yeah. like Bernie at, at all. But. I will say in her defense as a, as a mimic, because I wherever I go, if I hang out there for any length of time, I will sound like them. If I'm in Texas and I've been in Texas, I don't for a long think time, you're going to sound British. So if you go to London, I probably would pick up their colloquialisms and I would pick up a bit of their accent. I, yeah. I definitely, I guarantee it. I would do it just like I can just suddenly fall um, into y'all's. <laughs> what do you think? And I'm going to ask you this because we're, what do you think is the best season finale of the X-Files. And I, before you say anything, I'm just going to lay it out there. I think it's the first one. I think it's Earl of Meyer Flass. I think Anasazi's a better script, and I think it's amazing. Both of those are my, those are my two favorite, but what do you think is the best finale that they ever did? Um, I like the end. Oh, you like the end? Well, that That's kind yeah. of a hot take, but... Wait, what, what's that? Why do you why like is, the end? I, I've never understood... I, why is, I don't understand why that's a hot take. A lot of... <laughs> you know, well, like, a lot of people don't seem to like the okay, end. Okay, because not everyone is, is an X-Files nerd. What is the end? The end is the episode in season five uh-huh. that leads to the movie. You've seen this one. And it's where the office burns down, which is a great cliffhanger. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I'm not as fond of that episode. But I, so I want to hear why you think it's great. You know, what is it? Why is that a hot take? Uh, I, I, I think... I don't know. I think maybe like... I really kind of dialed into Jillian acting, not acting, jealous, jealous Scully. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they do that. I mean? Yeah. So you know, it's kind of the behind I, the I, scenes I know, thing. I, I'm sort of yeah, I'm sort of privy to like some sort of the behind scenes. It's the kind of inside baseball part. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, no, I, I I really like that episode overall. I mean, I, I like you know I like the Spender and and Diana Fowley and. Uh, you know, and I like the just the weird subtext because um, David Duchovny and Mimi Rogers had co-starred in this movie called um, Rapture, which I've never and, seen, uh, but I've always meant to see. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really good movie, and yeah. it, it's interesting too because like she was kind of brought back into the story for the two fathers and one son, and it, it, 
if you really look at that story, it's really about like the alien rapture, you know, like they're all going to be brought up into the spaceships. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah, world, yeah. Is, you know, the world is being destroyed. So right. it's, it's kind of funny. Like that's, but that's Chris Carter's thinking. Everything has got to be like, this has got to be this. And everything's like fractal. Everything's got to sort of represent something else, but in this weird. But ways we don't see fractal. or, you know, like the doppel. so new agey. Like the doppelganger. That's so 90s The doppelganger thing that I've never been able to figure out. The doppelganger thing. And he brought it back. No, with plus I haven't been able to figure. Yeah, I, I don't know what, because he's, he did plus one and then he did Fight Club, which is just the goddamn worst thing. I've oh, seen. it's terrible. I hate it. We I watched finally it. watched then, it. I've never seen it. Did, and then. He also did Babylon, which is just like, the most insane thing I've ever yeah. seen on television. And life. then, uh, uh, what is the other one with the kind of the doppelganger thing? It's uh, 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 the one with the planetary alignment episode with. Uh, it's in Suzy. Yeah, Suzy. Yeah, which has that same kind of thing—a Fight Club where they get close and then something happens. You know, there's what like season a, is this? Explain for the children's. I don't know what you're. You've talking seen about. that one? It's the one where they uh, go to this town and there's like a rare planetary alignment it's in the third season mm-hmm. it's the girl from the 70s show who's a yeah who's and there's a, these two girls of a friend of mine ryan reynolds is in oh. it he's in the opening um okay yeah. i have a vague recollection it's kind of kelly she's n- it's no funny because they're acting out of character you know Mulder okay. and scully she's jealous and scully is acting weird and Mulder's acting weird and it's it's a weird episode but i think it's got some behind the scenes stuff too there he's putting on screen there um i wish he would not that's all. What? I wish he would not do that because I just think of Fight Club and how fucking horrible. Well, no, that that's is. that's an example of a bad version of that. Ugh, he that, should not. See, <laughs> I, I think. See, I think Fight Club is intentionally bad. Oh yeah, it probably is. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, a tantrum. I think, th- but I think you know if you really watch that episode, and you kind of see what like who's he's really, you know, because you've got the twins of the. I mean, one Kathy Griffin is enough, right? <laughs> I know a lot of people don't and like her. You, I love her. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, She's terrible got, in it, though, regardless of you. Poor Kathy Griffin gets, like, terrible roles. <laughs> the acting is terrible. And then, but you've also got, like, um, uh, Mulder and Scully's, uh, or David and Jillian Standins. Which is weird. Characters in it. I hated you know, that. I think it's Steve Kizia. Is it Steve Kiziak and, and Arlene it, Pelleggia? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Mitch is uh, so, Skinner's wife. <laughs> so it's just, it's just, like... I, but you know, if you really look at it, like Spender and and Folly are like Mulder and Scully too. Like like that's he's. I don't understand what this obsession with the twins and the doubles and mirror universes and all this kind of stuff is. It's like he's. But you know, this guy probably did like a shit ton of acid back. In yeah, the I think there's something going on. I bet he did some ayahuasca. He, de- <laughs> he denies. He, he is. He's always denied that he's he's done drugs, and he's always denied that he's a comic book guy. But it's so clear he's a comic book guy. And you I don't know buy this. any of that. He's well, definitely he, he done ha- drugs. He, he hasn't. He hasn't. No, he hasn't. First of all, when he says he went out to like. Um, Sedona for the, the peyote ritual. Yes, after the first. That's season. true. You know, like that's not a guy who's denying he did drugs, but you know he said something very interesting. He sort of said like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really into the drugs, but there were certain rituals that had to be observed. That's like an exact. <laughs> uh, yeah. Said. So I was just like, yeah. So that's yeah. new age I, hippie you, shit. <laughs> you you can't you can't be a surfer in the seventies and not do it. No. <laughs> no way. No way. This is. There's nobody who's nobody who's surfing in Southern California in the early 70s 
Yeah. Didn't do acid. No. There's just no way. <laughs> no way. No, I'm not kidding. But it's there's like... so many episodes of the X-Files that are like comic book villain origin stories. And, and it's not just Carter. It's Vince Gilligan. Softlight is a Spider-Man villain origin story, you know? And Pusher is like an X-Men character, you know? It's just... But you know, no, you know what Pusher... Oh, Pusher... well, Firestarter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, I was always just like, wait a minute. This is exactly the David Keith character... In well, I like, started reading that book this? a couple years ago, and I was like, "Wait a minute, this is like Pusher. What the hell?" You know, he he lifted it. You know, well, that's but, a, see, that's the thing. Everything Vince Gilligan did was always based on something else. It's something he liked, yeah, I mean, or yeah, you know, like he uh, he based, um, you know, like Monday is. He says it's everybody knows it's Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's so Groundhog's Day. It's on episode, and you know, and in Bad Blood was. Right. Based, you know, allegedly based on a Dick Van Dyke story and everything like that. So everything, you know, everything is kind of referencing something else. So that's kind of like his. What deal. is? What is? And, what do you think? What is Unruh? What? It, what? Or Unruh? What is that? Is that just him riffing on Millennium? Or, I mean, I don't know what. Uh, you know. Uh, oh God. Um, this is the serial killer episode where the guy sees like yeah, photographs. No, yeah. photographs. Well, okay, okay. No, I'll tell you exactly what that is. It's um Ted Sirio. So um, Oh yeah, I know who that is, yeah. Who is that? So Thought Photography. Chris, oh, yeah. So so Chris Carter had this obsession with Ted Sirios, right? Yeah. And I, I think that um so this is the other thing too, is that a lot of episodes that like were written by somebody, you know, wouldn't necessarily be the idea. You know, Frank Spotnitz was always talking about how, like, the, the credits always drove him crazy because it was never really a true representation. Somebody else wrote it. Actually <laughs> write the episode. And, and but also, like, every almost every episode, almost every script would get, uh, you know, a final rewrite by Chris. You know, and, and it's interesting um, in the uh, William B. Davis had talked about how, like, you know, he discovered, you know, the way the X-Files work is that you write a script and then Chris Carter takes it and, you know, basically he does whatever he wants with it. You know, um, I think he was a little unhappy with it. I mean, I think no. an enemy is a great, great story, but, um, but the problem is like, you know, when you write your first script and Jillian had the same thing and she wrote like a 75 page script. It was horrible. I mean? it just, it, and we don't like, yeah, it's horrible. We're not She's fans not of all things. I know why you, I think I know why you kind of like it though. I, I get it. Cause it, cause yeah. of what it implies. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, just all I can say is just listen to the, um, the uh, director's comments on the DVD. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just pretty, you know, it's just pretty Well, there clear. is a, also um, a guy in the episode that looks like Chris Carter. I will say that. Yeah. I'll leave <laughs> Chris you Carter with a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> He's in disguise. <laughs> well, see, but that's the whole thing. So I, I really think in a lot of ways that a lot of stories, like they're writing at each other. So like, I think that, um, which is interesting. In the season. The seventh season is really interesting because like Hollywood AD to me is always Hollywood after David, i.e. X-Files after yeah. David. So yeah. there was this whole, and I, you know, I know that they were starting it and it's sort of gotten scrapped. And I think David, cause kind of like, he just didn't want to play it, but the whole like zombie apocalypse thing that started with biogenesis. The artifact, panspermia. Yeah, the six. Yeah, and and he kind of goofed on all that in, in in Hollywood AD with like the Lazarus Bowl and everything, so like he did this whole thing with zombies. But they also like they were sort of flirting with it in Millennium, and I think they just kind of dropped it. They were just kind of like, ah, oh, this isn't going to really work. So I think he wrote Hollywood AD to kind of goof on that whole thing because you'll see like a lot of stuff taken from like 
six extinction so parter do you think we we're going back to when we we're talking about aliens do you think that the alien presence you saw do you think it's something more like what we see in season eight which is this kind of sinister alien force do you think it's like that or is it just something i don't and i guess is a crude word to use evil you know um well, I see. I don't know. You see, here's the thing. I don't think Chris Carter really believes in extraterrestrials, right? Yeah, I and don't I think, think he does that, either. I think, yeah, I think the mythology is really the aliens are just kind of like the stand-in, you know, for 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 just like this malevolent force that is acting throughout modern American history, particularly post-war American history. Yeah, I agree with that. that. I think it's more metaphor. You know I mean, it's like the rise. Yeah, like the rise of the national security state and the CIA and. You know, I've Vietnam always thought that and... episode All Souls was a mythology episode, and a lot of people disagree with me on that. But it has no. no I I think so too. Yeah, yeah I think so because it's the Nephilim. So it's like it. You know, if you break it down, it's like human, extraterrestrial, not human hybrids, human angelic hybrids, Nephilim. You know, so there's this whole school of thinking in like ufology that like uh, aliens are just the Nephilim from the Bible. Yeah. Or that they're angels. And I, we, and the bounty hunter is also kind of presented almost angelic in some ways he can heal people and Jeremiah Smith and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So I, so I, I, but again, like, I don't understand his thinking because he's always so over all over the place and he's always just putting like, maybe he doesn't know. Well, it's it's to me, it's just like a very fractal kind of thing. Because I know? think it's, he's it's, a very smart guy, but I'm not so sure he knows where he's going always with 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 his thinking. I think his thinking gets ahead of him. Well, I see. Listen, I I can you know it takes one to know one, so I I know ADHD when I see it. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. So I, I can def, I definitely Stephanie tell that. that he's got. I do not. He's got major ADHD. And, you know, and I can always tell too because like I think one of the reasons why um the the mythology episodes and revival were so bad is that hey i just don't think he cared anymore he didn't want to write it you know what I mean? no he, he doesn't i don't i think he gave up on that a long time ago and that you know it's interesting because he seems to have given up also on serial killers as well because there's a i forget one of those books about millennium he wrote the intro to and he said he had turned away from the darkness you know and that world of serial killers and evil um so yeah well it's it's a grubby world I'm oh it is it is we disgusting grubby people i have mm-hmm. we're i've been doing the research for a serial killer uh, who killed children named albert fish and it's it's the next podcast oh, yeah, yeah. and it's 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 hard it's it's actually uh it's taken a toll on my mental health just to research it i want to do it because it's you know it's a really disturbing case but at the same time it's just really awful and uh oh it's disgusting i mean it's just like losers you know? yeah like it's just, just horrible horrible and i think horrible that's the thing beings. about millennium is uh, people don't understand is it, it's a it's a hard it's it's not for everyone it was a show that wasn't for everyone well you know the serial killer stuff you know wasn't really meant to be the entirety of it i think what happened is that carter was so busy doing that show and the x-files and then the you know doing prep work for the movie that I, you know, he's just like, when you're in operating in that mode, it's just like, I just got to get this done. You know, I just got to put something on the air. And I think a lot of the writers were just like, they weren't really sure what he wanted to do. And like, you know, they weren't really getting, you know, so they just kind of almost like white balding guys going around killing people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it just got to be like really excruciating monotonous, but um, yeah, just very monotonous. But you know, I don't think the second and third seasons were really kind of 
well, work in those same veins. They're you a know, different like beast. The whole, but, you know, the thing is, is that, like, I was never as impressed with the Irresistible as a lot of people are. Which is I, a, I another know. hot take. Which What is Irresistible? Yeah, well, I actually... I like I like I I like Horizon much. Better. I know you I, do. I, I know, and this is a this is something that's been talked about. And uh, y'all are in some inside baseball at this point. Irresistible <laughs> is the necrophiliac episode. I think that episode is actually brilliant, but I, love I that think episode. it's it's so gross. It's horrible though. It's, it's so gross. You know, it's and I think if you I think you've talked about how you're you know find sexual homicide just disgusting, and I totally understand that, and and I think it's. Yeah, any anything that's sexual violence. Yeah, I, I think you know, I agree with I just, you. I, I I just I shrink from. I, that's I, that's I what's been hard to do. This like Albert that. Fish stuff, especially because it's about children. It's it's reading about that is really horrifying. I, I would rather look at autopsy photos, honestly, than research this. Um, I don't know why I put myself through this, but we got so many requests for serial killers. I was like, okay, I'll give you a serial killer, and I'll find the worst one I can find. So, <laughs> and I did. Um, <sighs> Yeah, I know. And every time we have to discuss it to talk about it, I'm like, oh, God, this guy. Because I want to so talk awful. about, you know, weird stuff. I want to talk about unexplained deaths on this podcast because that is that does interest me because it's more X-Files like. But people like, oh, we did one on the Donner Party. Nobody wanted to talk about that because they're like, <laughs> it's history. I don't care about that. So, well, it might be how we have it broken up, too. Yeah. But um, so what do you think ultimately is the legacy of the X-Files? Um, what do you think? Oh. Is it just, we're in history, what, what, you know, is it telling us about the future? What, where, what is the legacy? Well, I think the, the biggest legacy is just, it totally changed the way television is made. Uh, yeah, you know, all absolutely. This, all this prestige television, you know, all these kind of streaming things, you know, because just watch television before the X-Files. Oh, it was bad. Just the way, it, just the way it looked, just the way it was shot, just the way it was written televised plays yeah and it just it became a totally different animal and you know he was really you know chris carter was really driving that and everybody said that it's like he was like let's just try putting a movie on every week yeah and they did let's let's, a feature film because he he hated the way television looked because television looked horrible it was suffocating it was brightly lit well, I mean, it was known for LA Law or something. Oh yeah, God! It was for like, killing your your career. If you were going from Hollywood to TV, fuck it. And I think over. that that's what Jillian still, in some ways, has in her mind is that TV is a lesser art form, even though she's doing TV. You know, it's just it's a, it's that mindset. And and I also think that maybe David and Jillian, on some level, resent the fact that they became iconic for that show rather than being movie film actors but yeah that, i think both of them wanted to be movie you know stars shit. yeah, yeah tough exactly. shit. I, that's what i think too i said, said, said you know like you know what i mean like so they were like the point one of point one of point one of point one percent of of working actors mm-hmm. who got this get, break mm-hmm. yeah and you who know, get to who be hit remembered the jackpot, who yeah hit the jackpot you know what i mean it's just like I've said this. You know, I know, I know they were tired. You know, it was exhausting. It was exhausting. Oh yeah, I, I listened like, to the hours they were working. But it's just like if you know, you've got to just realize that it's just like there are a million people, at least, that would have killed to get that role and and to live that life and to get that career. Oh yeah. So it's just like and the directors I mean, I, too. I, I, um, I I, I think that. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I just listened to an interview with Rob Bowman. 
recently, and he was talking about how they were so tired. He was so tired when they would get to the Christmas breaks that he wouldn't see his family. He would just lay down for two weeks because that was how exhausting. It was 18-hour days. It would just go on and on and on and on. And Chris was on his back. He Chris was very demanding, because, but he wanted the show to be good. It was a quality thing. And, you know, Bowman is... also, I mean, Bob Goodwin, too. Yeah, so Bob, Goodwin Bob Goodwin is very demanding. Like, he, had, he always had this little, like, grandfatherly, you know, kindly uncle image. But, you know, he was a major He said in that there was a podcast he did recently where he was talking basically that, yeah, Jillian was about to be fired. And I set her down and I asked her what she wanted. You want an acting coach? You want a dialogue coach? And or I forget what the other thing was. And she wanted all three. And he's like, I gave it to her. And, and then, you know, that saved her career. Otherwise, she was gone. I think it was space. I think that was the episode that that was where the shit was starting to hit the fan with her because she was screwing up her lines and they were going way over budget. Yeah, well, this, it, it's just there were just so many problems. I mean, well into the second season, Fox wanted her off the show. Yeah. yeah. They so, thought she so was ugly. You, they wanted you know, Pamela you, Anderson. Ew. Yeah, which Ew. we've just been discussing. <laughs> disgusting. But um, so when all these like fans online, you know, they're saying all this stuff, it's just like, just hold back a second. Hold, you like, guys don't know just, what happened. You, you don't know. There. You don't. You weren't there, and you don't realize that that woman got cut so much slack, like you wouldn't believe. Like nobody else in in that business you know certainly in television you know oh i well based on what i've heard you're right yes you know you know you get very little chances to screw up and with all you know like the 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 reading of the lines the fact that the network hated her i mean the network hated her yeah and um and the fans you know were very negative towards yeah in the beginning yeah it's interesting too like so like the um I don't know if it's on the director's commentary, but Frank Spotnitz was talking about how like they had a fight tooth and nail to do that jump the shark episode with the lone gun. Oh yeah, yeah. Because Fox hated the lone gun. Yeah, they so did. Much. They did. I've heard this and too. And they did not want to see them on television. I mean, I don't know how they got the show on the air in the first place. I mean, I, I thought the show was horrible. Oh, but... I, I agree. It's terrible. <laughs> and and Vince was involved in that, and I and it's shocking because how bad it is. But I think part of that is I think the Lone Gunman. My favorite version of them is still EBE because I like him as this weird guys. That was the most authentic version. And then they kind of become. You mean the... when they're in the hotel or the convention or whatever? It's the cre- no, no, it's no. the Fonzie syndrome. It's the Fonzie. Then syndrome, they become you know? comedic, so, you know, just comedy. They became the Three Stooges. Yeah, <laughs> and it, I don't like them like that. I like them as more weird. When they're introduced, you know, it's like in EBE, they're kind of yeah. assholes. They're terrible. If you watch the first, they, watch the go back and watch the early episodes of Happy Days, and Fonzie is just this guy who kind of shows up. And says a couple weird things, and then he's off the rest of the series. I mean, the rest of the show, like the rest of the episode. And then he becomes like, you know, hey, you know, whoa, you know, it's like that's television. You know, they they find that like the audience responds to a certain. And then they respond back, and you see this a lot. And with... it's like Kramer. It's like Kramer's the same way on Seinfeld. It's just like they they take these characters and they take everything that's good about and them and run them into the ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I, I could take a leave, the the lone gunman, to be honest with you. I really like the Chuck Burke's character. Yeah, he's good. I thought he was, thought he was more interesting. You know, I thought they should have just used him more. They should have, than, I agree. Uh, 
you know, but the Lone Gunman were really. There were also the just in the fans. first in the first season there were characters they had like uh, the people that worked at the FBI that I liked. You know, the different kind of people that the specialists of different things and those actors. You know, there I think there's one in Lazarus or something, but you know they would do that more in the in the earlier seasons, and then that kind of drops off. You know, because it all it becomes more focused on just Mulder and Scully, and I like seeing the other FBI people involved. Well, yeah, no, see, but that's again, that's responding to the fans, so right? Like, the the original, you know, you watch that first season, like there's all these like people just sort of wandering in and out, like you know, like that that handwriting expert who was flirting with Mulder. Yeah, yeah, she's great. That, yeah, I like that. Yeah, and young at heart, and then like. um you know, the weird pyromaniac guy in fire, you know, yeah. getting really horny about different <laughs> It's getting horny about <laughs> fire. Like these, you know, like you have these like really interesting kind of characters that you just never saw again. And like the other thing too, so another guy from the rapture, um, Dick Anthony Williams, who played um, Reggie Perdue in- Oh, in wow, Heart. I didn't know that, yeah. So, so, so I would have liked that character to have stuck around. I think he would have been a really good character to be sort of like- yeah, they you know, killed him off was, too early. I agree. Well, I I think they killed him off too early because, you know, nobody knew the show was going to last an entire season. I like, would have liked at, at that point in time. They, you know, he he probably was not going to commit to do any any more. I was just like, this show is going to be off the air. Oh you know? yeah, they didn't take it seriously. I would have liked um, to have seen. I think more of, uh, or not more, but I would have liked to. have had more explanation, I guess, for Krychek as a character. Cause I feel like his character just kind of goes, just runs himself into the ground and he's never developed, you know, maybe in some people there's an argument that he should never be developed, you know, and I've seen both sides of it, but it just feels like the other, but the character that I always got upset about them killing off. And I know why they did. I know the whole story. Why is, is uh, Stephen Williams. And I know, oh, yeah, and, and that was, yeah, and that was Mr. That X. Was a, oh, okay. I'm like, what? Yeah. Who? What? Yeah, and I know why the backstory. The backstory in that is really nasty. Yeah. Um, so, and it, so we we can talk about it here because you know it doesn't matter. So anymore, what but, is, did did him and David not get along? Yeah, him and David had some weird, like David had some weird problem with him, which and, I didn't understand. So, so Stephen Williams thought it was because. You know, he had known that, like, basically the entire crew, because they all came from 21 Jump Street, right? right? And um, I, I I don't think that's what it was. I think what it was is that, you know, he had just, like, this really dominating screen presence. You he know, does. When, when he Mr. Does. X was on screen, it's like, he's he's the focus of your attention. You know what I mean? Because he just has that kind of magnetism and, and and he also had like this like very very masculine kind of presence oh he does and i yeah. think what happened i think what happened is that you know david back then you know and at that point in the series i mean if you kind of look at like the way they're doing his hair and stuff he, he looks very boyish you know what i mean like they're trying to make him look younger he looks very boyish he looks like you know just not like a a strong masculine he looks like a screen. yuppie he's got this kind of i don't know this very yeah I think I think so. I think what it was is that you know David would watch those episodes and he'd just be like, "Oh, yeah, Jesus, look at this. This guy's too masculine. <laughs> you know, he's, just, he's he's making me look like a pussy, well, basically." Well, so you I know, think that's what that was the problem. But it could just be like people just don't like each other sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Stephen the, Williams just seems like the nicest. I mean, Stephen Williams just literally seems like the nicest. He does an interview and guy and in the world. I I got to ask him a question in the when they did the Q and A thing on the X Cast, but. 
He also was in Supernatural, and he gets killed off. He's Rufus in Supernatural, and we were- I loved him in that. We were like, why, you know, why we wanted to stick him? around again there, so I don't know, I was man. so pissed. Well, uh, you know, see, here's the thing, though. I mean, a lot of things that people don't realize is that, like, you got to pay these people. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, mean? yeah. I want more money. And, and like, the more, the more that they're on- the more they, you know, it's like, oh, you like, you know, the agents are going to go, well, listen, you know, you got him for like $10,000 for the episode, but now we want $30,000. Yeah, right, yeah, right. You know what I mean? It's so, contracts. So he, so here's another problem. And it's like, I don't think, like, I've never gotten real confirmation on this, but I've seen enough circumstantial evidence for this. I, I think this is what happened. So everybody talks about like Pendrel, right? So Pendrel gets killed off. Right. And in, in Max, I think what happened is that when you create a character, if you're on a show, if you're a writer on a show and you create a character and they continue to use that character after you leave the show, you get paid yes. like a stipend. You yeah. get paid like royalties. So what was happening? So Howard Gordon created that character and he was basically a, um, a, a producer. I mean, he's, he's an employee, right? Oh, yeah. So you, you didn't have to pay him like this extra stipend because he's one of the bosses, right? Yeah, he's he was, he was, on the show. he ran the or he's co part of season four. Yeah. He's co-executive producer on the show. So he announced that he's leaving. So I think they killed off his character because they didn't want to have to pay him, you know, for basically what was, you know, a relatively minor character. I've and heard people had... say that it's cause he had a crush on Jillian. I don't buy that. I think it was a money thing. Like you're saying. No, 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 no. But, but this might also play into um, Mr. X getting killed off. Because Mr. X was also created by um, by Howard Gordon, so he Mr. Mr. X got killed off in the beginning of, of season, season four. four. Yeah, you're right. You're probably right. And then and then Howard Gordon leaves at the end. So even though like the, the character that Gordon created was Mrs. X, right? Yeah, I remember they, that. They, it was a woman. They, yeah, they cast this, um, and I they filmed it was, with the woman, and then they inserted the X later. Weird. I never knew that. Yeah. It's yeah, pretty... so like the woman, it, it, her name was Natalia Nogolich, and she had played like an admiral on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah, I recognize the actress. So, so, she, so she was cast, and she was like they did her her scenes and stuff. And Chris Carter didn't like her. Yeah, like Chris Carter is just like this is this this character is terrible. You know, this is not working. So Glenn Morgan says, "Well, listen, you know, why don't we?" try Stephen Williams because he had worked with Stephen Williams on, on jump street. So yeah. you're just like, you know, why don't we try him? He's, you know, he's a great guy. He's a really good actor and stuff. So they, they did the scenes with him and Chris Carter really liked them. And then, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it could be a combination where like, he wasn't getting along with David. He was also doing another show, even though he said he would always make time to do the X-Files. So he's doing another show and that gets kind of weird where it's like, you know, mm -hmm. why are you doing another show? Yeah. It's Red like heat or something stuff. like that. Or, <laughs> LA, LA, LA heat. heat yeah LA heat. and and then also the fact that he was created by um uh howard gordon and howard gordon's leaving the show so it's like you know they've got all these characters so they they still got to pay the money to for um like ma scully yeah skinner yeah you know they have to you know because skinner's created by um and morgan and wong and and they leave the show so they've got to pay big i'm actually know, amazed they, skinner lasted as long as he did to be honest, I, well, I yeah, right to the very end. But he was but a fan favorite. The, yeah, but they've got to pay for the lone gunman. I mean, I think Chris Carter created, um, you know, the Bill Rowe character, um, Chuck Burke. So I think he was, wasn't he created in, uh, is what it was it? The Kalashari or? Kalashari, you know, which was a huge Chris Carter. Chris rewrite. Carter so rewrite, like, oh. you, and you can tell. 
Yeah, most of that script is his. Uh, so I, I think, but but it could but it could also be maybe Chuck Burks was in an earlier draft that was written by Shara Chano. So it's like maybe they you know they we don't know. Yeah, that's true. So it's like you, you got to understand. Like I mean, that show cost a fortune. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, especially like when they moved down to L.A., it's like the cost it was bleeding money. Um, so I think that was that was another reason I think like why they killed off the um, I mean I wasn't sorry that they killed off the cynic because I was sick to death. Oh yeah, by I, then it was it was <laughs> they done. Had to go. Yeah. yeah, they had to go. Fuck uh, you know I I think I, but I I never liked the idea of having the cynic in the first. I mean I really like well, well manicured man. I thought he was great. I don't. Sure I I like it when they're more faceless and amorphous, and that's what I. Oh I I agree with you. I I totally agree with you. I, but I, I think that. I, I liked, I just liked John Neville. I thought, yeah, you know, he was he had, great. No, he great, was great in the Smoking scenes. Man. But the more we know about the Smoking Man, in some ways, the less I, I'm interested because I like him when he's this kind of this guy in the background and he's scary more to me that way. And and when it, but becomes, you know, you got to pay these actors and you've got to pay like you've got to fly them down from Vancouver yeah, and, and put and, them up in hotels and it's just like. <laughs> That show was so expensive, you know, when they got to L.A. I mean, the, the number that I've heard is that it was the cost increased 300 percent. Oh, so yeah. Threefold. And that's why so it, they, it, it looks it's like why it starts looking in some ways cheaper because they're having to pay the actors so much, I would argue. You know, some of the stuff in L.A. looks amazing. Drive looks amazing. Triangle looks amazing. But then it looks very close up and more televisual, I feel like, in L.A. It, it, at times. Well, there used to be a rule of thumb. These people were like, you, if you had like a major network show, and I think Brandon Tartikoff, who was actually like sort of Chris Carter's mentor. Yeah, yeah, he was. Said, you know, never let a series go past seven seasons. But they did. <laughs> but they did. And I mean, I mean, for God's sake, I mean, look at the, um, that sick, you know, weekend at Bernie's part 67 of The Simpsons, right? I mean. Oh, yeah. It's just gone on to ridiculousness. I haven't but, seen so, that show in forever. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched it since the 90s. Yeah. So but t so Tartikoff was said, like, you know, by the seventh season, it's like everybody's exhausted. Everybody's tired. You know, the actors are tired of doing the roles. And also the problem is, is that the actors want more money. You know, the, the more seasons to go on, the more money they want. And this yeah. is why, if you notice with all the Star Trek seasons, everything was seven episodes, uh, seven seasons. Yeah, so I Star noticed Trek, that. And then Space Nine, huh. Voyager. Yeah, and it's smart. Um, that is smart. Yeah, I mean, Enterprise didn't even get to seven seasons, and the new ones just, probably won't get to five. So, <laughs> well, and the yeah, other I mean, thing too with TV know. back then that there was just so many more episodes to get through. So, I mean, it wasn't like the way we have more of these condensed seasons on on like uh, streaming services where they're like ten to thirteen or so, HBO, for instance. Go back and watch the Next Generation though, because it's just a. a I love Next Generation. No, I, I need my, to watch it again. It's my favorite no, 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 one. But, it's my favorite. But go back. I'm a Deep Space Nine guy, but just go back and. I mean, I love Next Generation too, but I've been waiting a Deep Space Nine to get updated uh, into HD, and then I'll watch it. Yeah, but anyway. Okay, so go back and watch Next Generation because you will be astonished by how many what they call bottle shows there are. Oh, there are. Yeah. Just like, yeah. It's just they're on the bridge and maybe they go to 10 forward and you're, you know, and that's it. I love ice in the first season. Excels. You're one of the first people that I think is less enthusiastic, but I will say, yeah, that, I, I, it's all right. I have always loved darkness falls more. That's been to me. That's the, I, I love it because it's such a Vancouver episode. That's my, you know, Vancouver. You know, my problem with ice is, is that it's, it's so blatantly the thing. Oh, it is the thing. Oh, it but is. it's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I so, think the so actors like, do a good job. 
I love Beyond the Sea, but it's so blatantly. It is. It is. It's Silence of the Lambs. It is. You know, I mean, it's it's just blatantly Silence of the Lambs. And actually, <laughs> Chris. So Chris Carter had to fight to get that episode. Shot oh yeah, because, yeah. Because they didn't want to pay Brad Dorf. Networks. Well, no, no, it wasn't even. It was before they tried to get Dorf cast. But it was like when they sent the script to network, they're like, "What are you doing? This is Silence of the Lambs." It's you know. This and is, she's even style it. like Clarice in that episode. <laughs> It's a great episode, it, but I agree with you. It's a great, it's a great episode. I love it. You know, it was like that one was of her like best one performances, I would argue, still to yeah, this but day. But like that's like that's when like that was an episode like where I thought they really upped the game. Oh, they you did. Know? So I love the, the, that whole thing. But it's just like that was an episode where they really and and then they I think they really upped it for like Darkness Falls, and then and then Earl and my oh yeah Earl and my flash just blew my mind. Oh, when well, I, I think that, that's that one was of, like I, I, that. There's so many images from the Erlenmeyer flask that are burned in my brain. The men in the tanks, the fetus, which everybody talks about. But the last 10 minutes of that episode, the last act of that episode, I think are some of the most suspenseful. Because I really feel like they're in danger in that episode. And I often don't feel like that in some of the, even the bigger mythology episodes, the way I feel like they're under, they could die in that episode. They don't, of course. Well, here's the thing. I mean, they were really, when you know, just... When that episode first aired, I mean, nobody thought that show was going to last. No, so no, and it's written like it's an ending. Yeah, I mean, it was written like it was an ending because they they weren't even sure themselves that. Which is which so is the thing that, which is you know where the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. the X Files are closed. Yeah, that's a good. But episode. The thing that I'm always just uh, the thing that I'm always just so amazed by is that like so I've had you know my wife and I have had three kids right yeah so I I know like you know how pregnancies opera and actually my my daughter-in-law is pregnant now so it's like Aww, congratulations. Then, you know you know my sister and and you know my sister-in-law i mean just you know been around like pregnant women right <laughs> yeah and I, I i look i look at um i look at jillian so like the timeline you know the official timeline would be that she was like three and a half months pregnant in in erlenmeyer flask because it was shot in like mid april yeah, I, I don't buy that. And if you look at her, I was like, no, she's she looks like six months. Pregnant. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. No, like, just a lot of women like, don't know, even like, show, especially the Stephanie knows child. your theory. Uh-huh. And she I think. She's, oh, it's not even a theory anymore. Well, but, I think know, she believes you because I've told her we we went through stuff with it. OK, but are you going to tell the children's? No, 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 you guys are gonna keep it a secret. No, we'll all right. keep it a secret. Okay, you guys, I, like, okay, Chris, just look, guess. here's what I want to know. Show, here's the thing the truth is out there, right? The truth <laughs> is out there, okay? If you look hard enough, you could find it. <laughs> well, listen, listen, like, you know, my, my the two big things are, and, and nobody's gonna know what we're talking about, but you know, Michael does is, is first of all, that that sequence in Dory Carter's book. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, Stephanie you know, knows you about be this. Kidding me. And then also that tweet that she put that Jillian put up like a couple of years ago, and you just like, oh yeah, you're talking about your yeah. boss, yeah, yeah. I know that tweet. <laughs> I know that tweet. <laughs> I could show and, Stephanie. You know, I think it's just like, it. you know, just you know, if if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go look for yourself. Wait, I will show it to you. Okay, because I think I know what it is, but I'm not. Sure. I will show it to you after we get off here. Okay, Chris, I want to ask you one last thing. 
what do you think and i don't you know i'm not trying to make this political or anything but where do you think we're headed like where is not just america but globally where are we headed are we headed into some dark places i want your opinion i know stephanie's got an opinion and I'll, <laughs> I'll give my opinion oh oh yeah i mean it's you know we're just on an unsustainable course um, bingo and yes in every every possible way you this know? is why i, I mean, don't believe microchips just... and brains are happening anytime soon no <laughs> no i well the, the thing that i've really been talking about is like i'm thinking that like we've been at peak tech and now we're going to be on the downslope because here's yep. the thing about technology technology no matter how much they want you to think it is is not self-sustaining oh, i agree need engineers you need you know it guys you need uh a whole army of people who have, you know, not like top tier coding skills, but they have, you know, they're like the maintenance class, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you got the situation where people just don't want to work those jobs anymore. Yeah, I agree. Because you're not getting, they, they don't want to pay you the There's money no healthcare. that you need. And they've made you us know, all well, sick. So how can we work yeah, those well, jobs? We're all too yeah, ill. But, so here's the thing. So they don't want to pay people. So people are just like, listen, you know, you want me to work 80 hours a week on salary. And it's like, that's just not going to happen anymore. And like, well, they're like, well, we'll, you know, we'll just find people from overseas and just bring them into the country and put them in jobs. It's like, you're not going to find people who are going to be able to do those jobs. Not yeah. forever because, because they won't make them citizens either. So they, they get less benefits. They, um, pay them less. I think we're, and exploit them. I think we're headed for disaster. I, I do too. You know, this is not, and, and here's, not sustainable. And you know, you know, see, the so planet's the dying. Like, <laughs> you, you know what it reminds me? It reminds me of like, you know, so body, there were a lot of, bodybuilders you know like and i think back a lot of bodybuilders from the 80s right they're like yeah i just want to get onto that stage so i'm gonna like do the hgh and like they don't realize that like those things come at a major cost you know yeah. so they have been like bodybuilders who had to have the legs amputated i mean you know cancer up the wazoo i mean just think of all the professional wrestlers from the 80s and 90s that end up with like dying of cancer and stuff or hard, just heart it's disease. just like like heart you know attacks. you can't you, or whatever you yeah. know you you can't you know everybody wants to puff up the balloon as big as it can go but the balloon is going to burst and i think that's just like kind of where we are and it's like we've gotten to this point where like everybody wants everything you know and like nobody can just sit back and say i have enough yeah i, I was you know saying I mean? this the other day yeah on the podcast and we've been it's trained like, to think that too i I mean, just from the way consumerism is built around capitalism. And, you know, you talk about these billionaires and stuff. First of all, I think the entire economy is just, I think it's just a hoax, basically. It's just like, mm -hmm. I don't think these people really, yeah, I don't think these people have as much money as they say they do and all this kind of stuff. But it's just like, you know, money just becomes so abstract yeah. to these guys. When you're like, that, I have to, have, yeah. I have to, I have to have more money. You know, Elon Musk needs to have more money than Jeff Bezos. So what he's going to do is that he's going <laughs> to screw his workers yes. and, you know, he's just going to cut all these corners. So he has more money, but it's like th these, these people just become so they live in these bubbles and they become so just disaffected from the rest of the world that they don't see the, the human costs of, the, 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 the suffering that they're economy. causing yeah yeah and uh, i think they're they're trying you know to build I mean? like an elysium 
This has been my theory. I'm like, yeah, they're dick rockers are so they can have an Elysium, like the movie. I don't know if they're ever going to have the tech to do that. I don't think they will, but I think they're trying. Well, they might no, think that. They, 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 no, their they, ego, they might. Work. Yeah, I think they think it's that's what work. they're going to get, but... See, no. I think what's... But here's the thing that I think is happening now. So, like, I think a lot of people in that cohort believed like all the singularity bullshit and they believe the transhuman bullshit and they believe oh, like yeah. the space colonization bullshit mm-hmm. and now we're at the kind of point now where everybody's like oh wait that stuff is never going to happen <laughs> we're actually going to do a, a the ice caps are melting we're going to do an episode on, on like life extension and stuff like that and we probably will have you back on to talk about that because i think you're the person to talk to because i think a lot of it is it's grift. so creepy it's yeah bit, it's a grift it and that what is it the thing where they 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 take the blood of the young and <laughs> like young people. Parabos- yeah. That. Oh, well, that's, that's really, that, that's just like, forget up. That's just like, you go, we're like back at like, you know, what was the name? Elizabeth Bathory. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't told, saying? I haven't told Stephanie this. Stephanie what? thinks that I'm psychic. I don't think I'm psychic, but um, I, I have dreams. I've had dreams like for the past two months that involve fire and the, just we're all, and I don't think it's a global warming. I think it's it's a it's nukes. And I sound like a nut job right now, but it's it scares the shit out of me. Okay, well you haven't told me. This I'm back story. in. I told you I you was going to save me. this for the podcast. Oh, you said you had something saved. Yeah, and it scares me. And maybe well, I'm. You just... know what? You, you know what should scare the shit out of me? this. You know what scares the shit out of me because I understand. You know, I have not a great grasp of history. Like I'm not a historian, but I have like sort of an amateur's grasp of history. Look at what's going on in China now, because China yeah. is acting, China is exactly acting exactly like every country that I've studied that was getting ready for a major war. Wait, yeah. what is China doing? Fill me in. Cause I, don't I mean, think I am... they're, 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 they're clamping down on everything. It's like they're clamping down on, on online, on you know, the rights allowed, and online. everything. Yeah. yeah. And you that's know, always uh, scary. Video, video games, like, you, like kids are only going to be allowed like three hours of video games. What? A week. And this is—I were, hadn't heard about. They were this. doing this thing with the social uh, numbering, or you know, uh, like your social, social credit. credit. Yeah, but that's a, but that's but it's like you know they are getting ready. They are acting exactly. I agree. And if you, if you don't believe me, just just study any history of any country that's getting ready for a major conflagration. I've thought that, that for a while. Exact, that is exactly, and it's happening on a mass scale, you know, they're saying, oh, we, we want to get rid of all these like femboy groups, you know, like, like, what is it? BTV. I don't even yeah. know. BTS, that yeah. BTS. I'm, I'm not a fan of the femboy K-pop. groups. No, I love so, it. So they're banning, oh they're banning all that stuff. They're banning all those groups. I mean, they're, they're like, you know, that's weird. Just, it's they, very authoritarian. They, yeah. Well, they've always they been remind, authoritarian. You know, I mean, I, I hate, you know, I don't there's the shit with Taiwan. I knew about that. Yeah. Like, they're trying to keep stealing but Taiwan. Like, look at, look at the way, you know, I hate to make, you know, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to just go there, but like, just look at the way that the Nazis made the adjustment from like the Weimar period yeah, to like the early thirties and just the way, you know, this mass scale, just reboot of the entire. They did. Culture. They did it very like, rapidly. That's you know, true. into was... a very milita- militarizing in the entire culture. And that's exactly what China is And that's doing scary. Right now. But see, Russia's been in bed with China, it. I thought. Well, and it, look. Not to get into the Russia, you know. I don't want to I don't want to get into the COVID stuff. But and I know there's, you know, how you feel about the, the pandemic and everything. But it's, it seems like 
China is always where the, there's diseases or plagues or pandemics come from. When I was, well, that's I'm, why Obama put a CDC center. I, there. I was looking at the. I was looking at that though through a history because I'm I'm researching the bubonic plague and it just seems like it always comes from there and I I don't understand why even his ancient history it comes from there and I'm not trying to be racist here. Well, no. Do you think it has to do with the just massive population? That or they're just hygiene or something of the... There's so many people, you That's know? That's what I mean. Massive populations. Yeah. Without good... Or it could just be like, you know, they're just certain parts of the world. Yeah. That, that are perfect breeding you know, grounds just, for germs. Well, they, yeah, but there's... It's not even like the specific breeding grounds, like the conditions, but it's just, it just, it's just there. You yeah, know I, I mean? agree. It's just like, you know, why are certain diseases like... I mean, look at like... um. What is it like? What, they talk about Erlenmeyer flask, like the brain sucking amoeba. Or you know, no, it's a uh, darkness falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but there uh, is a brain falls, eating yeah. amoeba. <laughs> yeah, there is. That yeah, is well, real. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, I know people real. have died. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, there's children, and so, it's because it used to just be in well, like South America without like running water, and, I, and now I, it's here I'm in not, America. I'm not. Yeah, I have a friend I went to college with, who is, uh, and look, we'll just go out say it we know her stephanie knows her her name's heidi she's very what you would call woke but she lived in china and she said that there were just people shitting on the streets like it's very unsanitary Pissing, shitting and even in the um subway cars yeah too. and she's a very woke and then they were like multicultural person co-workers because i think she went there to like um teach english and stuff and i'm not sure if that's when she was doing um her global work i can't think of what it's called anyway um one of one of her coworkers was uh, a black man, and they they didn't like black people over there. And so when one of the kids oh, was no, just they, they really don't like black people. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when so when one of the toddlers or whatever was you know about to just piss because apparently they wear like these these like crotchless short pants or something, she just turned the kid towards towards her coworker. Yeah, and the kid just pissed all over yeah. him. And I'm like, that's I remember that story. That's insane. That's insane. So, so she was saying that some of some of the stereotypes were true, and it was unfortunate. She she was really shocked by it's, it. It's like Twitter doesn't want. I'm to not even talking about that though. I'm not even talking. About I know that. what you're talking, talking about. about. I'm talking about like that. That society is being rapidly militarized. Yeah, yeah. On a mass scale. So you think we're gonna have like a red dawn? like the movies the red dawn comes in not probably know. that way but i would i think nukes might play a role in it yeah what the I don't fuck know. listen i don't know i don't know but all i can say is that they're getting ready for war and, yeah they are if, i agree, I agree. we're fear-mongering people, people are going to say we're fear -mongering. it's not even fear-mongering it's just it's just it's just obvious yeah i know i agree i agree with go you go look at go look at what's happening Every day, in we get. Like every I have day not been paying close enough about. attention. We get emails from people calling us deep state, and we <laughs> get and we get emails from people calling us QAnon crackpots. So we get both <laughs> sides of the you know spectrum. But I think you're right. I you know, and I think I've been watching China for a long time. China's also locking up Muslims. Like they're oh, know, they've been doing experiments on Muslims. Is it's pretty disgusting. Uyghurs. The Uyghurs, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Disney is totally fine with that. They're totally fine with it. They're filming their fucking Oh, movies. they make their stars apologize to them if they well, say listen, anything. Well, listen, Hollywood, Hollywood has been like bending the knee oh, to yes, China for a they long have. time. And you know how China has re is rewarding them for their for their supplication? They're cutting them out entirely. Yeah, they are. That's are true. They? That's true. Cutting, they, they have been... We talked been about this with Darren. 
What they've no, no, wait, I'm confused. To China for a very long time, you know, like giving them basically veto power over scripts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They've been getting a fuck ton and, of money from China to make these movies. And you know what? China, and China just turned around and said, we're putting severe quotas on any Hollywood product coming yeah. into the country. Yep. I think they're only allowing like two Hollywood releases a month now. What? Yeah. It's crazy. Yes. Cause that used to be and, where I'm half the money for yeah, these movies. Yeah, I know. I made. didn't know they were they were limiting it because I knew that's that's where Hollywood made back their cash. Was like, oh, it's gonna. That's why I always thought they were so nice to them all the time. Was like, well, yeah. I mean, half their their revenue is coming in from China, so that makes sense, I guess, from a financial standpoint. But yeah, Not China has totally. Standpoint. You know, yeah, I've known that for a while. They basically, you know, you see it. They're they're not allowing this movie. They're not in that movie. It's it's it's. And they own a bunch of the movie theater chains. They too. do AMC, which we go. You know, we go see a movie. Yeah. We go to AMC, and that's owned by Chinese. And it's and it's, it's been run into the ground. It's crap. It's crap. It's yeah. poorly run. They have kids just running stuff like barely running. The stuff movies never start on time, the even at the nicest on. theaters. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I used to love going to the movies, and I now did too. you wouldn't catch me dead in a theater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, uh, where can we find? Tell people about your blog. Um, we're about to go here, but tell t- you know, tell them about your books, whatever you want to plug here. Go ahead. Just come to secretsun.blogspot.com, and you'll find out everything you need. Okay, That's and I think you have a Twitter handle. Shopping. Yeah, yeah, the Secret Sun speaks. Secret Sun speaks. Yeah, he's yes. on Twitter. Twitter, and this is Chris Knowles. Yeah. Chris, thank you so much for coming out to the podcast This is our longest today. podcast we've ever done. I got bored when you guys uh, were talking inside baseball on X-Files, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I love X-Files, but that was in the weeds. That was. You don't know all the secrets we know. Probably not. <laughs> just, you know, listen, when we, get off, when we get off the air, just have Michael read you in on everything and it'll all make perfect <laughs> she, sense. When, I'm going to show her that tweet and she gets all perked up when she finds out about it. The this. children's are going to want to know, though. Yes. The children's are going to be we writing were, us emails. We were talking about that other stuff that we're not going to talk about. And she <laughs> the got, other stuff we're not She got about. really into it. Yeah, she was really fascinated <laughs> and went down the wormhole of that. Listen, the truth is out there. That's all I can say. <laughs> the truth is out there. Right, and the internet and Reddit await. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chris. Well, it's been great talking to you, man. Rock and, and roll. And I hope uh, we have to have you on again. Talk about Jeffrey Epstein or something like life extension. All there's this so many weird things to talk cryonics. about. Before, before I go, before I go, I just wanted to say that uh, David Lee Roth announced his retirement today. Oh yeah! Wow. I, mean, I think it's long past due, but you know, for somebody like me who was a huge, huge Van Halen fan back in the day, uh, it's it's definitely the end of an era. It is. I, I'm a I'm a fan of Van Halen as well. So you know, after you know, we lost Eddie. A year or so ago, oh, yeah. and yeah. I think he's now, one yeah. of the you know best guitar, probably the best guitarist in my lifetime. So yeah, you know David Lee Roth has been kind of an embarrassment for. Oh for yeah, yes, he has. You know, but uh, I'm not a Van. Day, I'm not a Van Hager guy. I like I like Roth though. That's my era. So yeah. Um, that was uh, those were fun times. You know, buying those albums as they came out. Yep. I remember for my 14th birthday, getting women and children first. So, <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the passing of the torch, except for nobody's there to pick it up. Nope. Rock and roll is dead. That Rock and roll is dead. whole era of music is dead. Grunge, grunge is my era, and that's, that's gone. So. Yeah. And yours as well. I know you like that kind of music, so. 
Yeah, I do. I, I, I loved, uh, I'm a huge uh, Soundgarden. Um, STP. Smashing Pumpkins. Yes. Oh, I love STP. I'm a yes. huge STP. Me yes. too. I had every single album. Yes. 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 We'll have to, we'll have to talk to, we'll have to bring you back on to talk about Jeff Buckley sometime. Cause that, that's a wormhole too. Ooh, yeah. Oh, that's a huge wormhole. Yeah. 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 All righty guys. All so, right. uh, there we go. All right. We'll see you next time, man. Nice. Chris Knowles. He's great. Yeah. And that we had quite the conversation there. I, I thought there were some very uh, thought provoking things and we're going to have him on again eventually, like I said, to talk about life extension. So next week we are talking about Albert Fish. It was supposed to be this week, but uh, the case is creepy. And also we, we got Chris and like Darren Winnie, when you get Chris, you get Chris on. So right. you, you know. go, you go with that first. We're getting back to serial killers, guys. So there's people bitching. I want serial killers. You're going to get a serial killer. You're going to get one of the most horrific cases ever, I think, in, in the annals of serial killers and criminal profiling. But it's also an interesting story, which is why I picked it. I don't just pick, talk about serial killers just because I, I want to pick interesting serial killers. Hmm. or good stories you know this this show is about stories i don't feel like i got to really say all the things i wanted to say about the face on mars well you can say it now <laughs> well you, there was an artist jack kirby who basically drew the face on mars before it was ever discovered and i find that really interesting yeah and i learned this from chris and his blog and i do think that artists in general writers painters uh, singers people who write music any kind of art form even movies yeah um i do think there's a form of kind of channeling there i think that people are might be receiving information from the other side it's almost like a psychic so ability. do you think that the he was doing remote viewing i yeah i, I do can I, you explain what remote viewing is remote viewing is is so if you're if you've ever meditated or kind of zoned out i've actually done this once unintentionally you can see things that are not in front of your eyes. So you can view things that might be oceans away from you. Yeah. And the clarity depends on the person who is doing it. Uh, I, I did this with no intention. <laughs> Myself, it was someone I had been talking to on the internet, kind of like just friendly, romantic. And and I was able to see his room, his living room. This is when she was cheating on me. No, no. This is before Michael and I yeah. ever met. <laughs> Um, there was a life before me what yeah there was a life before you <laughs> yeah and it was just it was it was kind of it was freaky when I, I mean when it happened I was like is this real and so I asked him and I, I scared the guy off because it was I nailed all the things I had seen particular paintings and and uh, artwork that he had hung up and and the way he was laying I guess that night he was like um, dozing on his couch or something and I was able to see that and then I was like, I meet Stephanie, and I'm like, oh, this chick's nuts. I'm going to marry her. <laughs> so I had the opposite reaction. Did I even tell you that story when we met? Yeah, I've heard it like 10 times. Have you? Yes. I don't know. 
but yeah, so remote viewing also is something the CIA has actually conducted uh, right. programs on. So it's not, you know, not that we trust the CIA. Here. I'm not <laughs> saying that. They're probably listening in. So Well, I, I don't know if things like remote viewing are the most accurate way to uh, do espionage. And I don't think if you're trying to use um, psychic gifts for nefarious reasons that they work. I, I think they will leave you. At okay. That point. I, I want to do something before we go. What's that? I'm going to ask you some questions. I don't want to get a yes or no, because I asked Chris some questions. Okay. So you believe in psychic phenomena? Yes, because I am one. Okay. You heard that here, audience. <laughs> no, I don't do readings. Yeah. No, I... Am- if you would like us to and donate to our uh, Patreon, we'll, we'll start doing a Patreon for that. I would love for her to do <laughs> Still readings. Still not fucking doing readings. I'm not that kind of medium. Uh, are you a TikTok psychic? Fuck No. And those those you know bastards, where Gabby is? Yeah. Those TikTok? people those people need to be shot. So fuck them. Wow. Yeah. This is violent. Well, you know what? Yeah, that's disgusting to make money off of a missing and now dead girl and then saying you're talking to her and get people to give you money for that kind of shit. That's disgusting. And no actual like the the big name psychics we've heard of, they've never done things like that. They don't do it. They don't go you after. You mean Madame Cleo? No, not her. <laughs> I mean, like, if you want to consider that some psychics are legitimate, um, and I know that people don't, not everyone believes in, in this, and that's totally fine. I don't care. I'm not here to change your mind. I'm not. I don't give a shit. But um, if you do think that some of them, we are, are real, the spookies for a reason, guys. We are the spookies. Uh, if you, the the ones that had a reputation, let's just say, of being having integrity, they never did that to, you know survivors or family members of uh, violent crime they didn't oh. just go after them and so say, do you believe in reincarnation yes absolutely okay why do you believe in that because i've seen my past lives okay mm-hmm. do you believe in vampires well i think like not psychic vampires i was gonna say psychic vampires i'm yeah. talking about you know salem's lot no no i don't think those are real okay I, I don't think there's what an about, actual unless you consider unless you consider Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos being giant ticks and parasites, then yeah, yeah those Grace are Randolph. Yeah, those are the vampires. Do you believe in werewolves? And not your husband, I don't count because I'm No. Married. Okay. No. Do you believe in uh artificial intelligence? Oh, I mean, we kinda got this like the idea that there's gonna be robots like Westworld. You, we got into this talking. No, because Chris. I don't think that we've we figured out actual like physics i don't think that we figured out um the math to do it i don't think we're we're there yet technologically i just don't do you believe that biden joe biden is actually in control of the united states or somebody else's i don't think any president is fully in control of the united states okay yeah so i agree i i think there's a lot of uh, powers that be that do the actual controlling and uh, we have given much more powers to presidents every single time there's a president so that's a problem but I don't think that they have the ultimate control. They weren't ever supposed to have the ultimate control. They're not kings. We founded this country on not having a king. So that's kind of weird. <laughs> they are kings. But, but, but at yeah. the same time, the real king is, I think, behind the scenes. It's money. So it's it's big moneyed interest groups that are that are behind it. It's the military industrial complex with a lot of fucking trillions of dollars in their pockets with their own agendas. And I, I honestly think in these corporations, again, these giant fucking billionaires and trillionaires, I think they're, they have much more control in our, in our governments than we do ourselves as the people. And by getting everyone pissed off at each other over like identity politics and stupid shit like this, you keep people distracted on the real root cause of a lot of 
issues in our society, which is that everyone is poor and people don't have basic human rights. And we are being exploited every single day by these people. Do you believe that the Met Gala is some sort of a cult ritual? Fuck no. Well, Chris does. You should read read his blog. No, no. Now, do do rich people do creepy fucking weird shit and have creepy fucking weird parties? Stephanie wants to go to the Met Gala. That's what this is all about. So does Twitter. I would love to dress up in a huge costume. That would be so much fun. That would be so fun. But no, I don't think think it's like inherently a cult. I do think there's probably freaks that attend that thing and maybe they have weird ass Grimes or whatever the fuck Yeah, seances and stupid... Hollywood creepy shit, you know, because that's been going on since the goddamn town was founded. So that's not new. I don't think that's anything so new. So do you think there's like a a, a a pedophile ring in Hollywood, like a maybe a, elite a, a, of the upper class, upper upper class? I mean, I, I yeah, I, I do. You know, because Jeffrey Ke- Epstein fucking proves it. So yeah, I do. Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey's another one that fucking proves it. The goddamn Catholic Church is another one that fucking proves it. Well, yeah. I mean, that's so, <laughs> Do I think that that existed in a pizza parlor in New York where there's no basement and it was Hillary Clinton running the whole thing? No. That's fucking dumb. But do I think that there are there's an entitled upper class of people, including royalty in the UK, I mean, I think Bill, that are all a part I of this shit? I think Bill Clinton might have been involved in some of that. Yeah. Well, he was at the parties. A bunch of fucking people, we would be appalled at finding that out we're at parties. That Hillary knew, though, so she's kind of complicit. Yeah. Yeah, that disgusts me. It's really gross. There was some weird paintings and murals at that pizza bar. I will say that. I'm not a pizza gate guy, so don't send us emails. I'm just I'm like that's weird, but they they were creepy and I think it's what gives the um conspiracy theory on and that. And when we credence. talk about the Denver Airport, it's going to be the same thing. It's like these weird murals and there's all these other weird things and it, again, if you look at it, it it looks like it's pointing to something. Mm-hmm. Not saying what I know what it is, but I can understand why people think this. I'm not 100% convinced there is a conspiracy there but it intrigues me mm-hmm. but, I, but we i'm the skeptic of i think the three of us on this podcast or tonight and i also think that at the same time i have beliefs that many people would say i'm absolutely crazy but why don't we say this about religious people because honestly mine because really that's a socially accepted form of delusion <laughs> So my, my beliefs stem from my spirituality, my own experiences. It was a path that I walked and am still walking, and it's a very personal path. And I encourage anyone who's looking for that to do that as well. But you don't need religion to I'm tell you what to do. I'm going to say one more thing. Think, feel, or believe about anything that is, like, I want to say, like, spiritual-wise. I'm going to say one more thing before we go. We are not woke on this podcast we are not you've said this before i know i have to say this again though because people you know we we believe in things and we say things we're going to be honest with you okay we're not just going to do the well you know we're woke and we got to take this woke angle we just see that injustice is real you know and 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 the the whole gabby thing was turned into this woke argument and there's no difference between gabby's murder and george floyd's murder the same thing well, it misses the point that domestic abuse was at play, and I think that's why it's been so triggering for a lot of us, and, and uh, that that affects all women across all walks of life. It affects men, too, but particularly women. It does disproportionately affect uh, black and brown women more often because there is a fear of coming forward and reporting the men for it because because what happens to men at the hands of the police, black and brown men, is not good. So there is stigma against reporting um, those types of crimes and rapes and things like that. However, 
uh, watching what we've seen from the police videos on Gabby, I can't even watch like the second round of them. That it's absolutely it, it's too much for me well, because and again, I've experienced the police something similar. Is another th- uh, system of authority. We mm-hmm. don't trust authority. I have an innate distrust of authority. Well, they didn't do their jobs. Yeah. You know, so whether it's because we hire the wrong people, we don't get qualified. We don't ask for qualified people to come in with two year degrees in criminal justice and then train them accurately for another couple of years. Like other first world nations, we don't do that. We're like, hey, we want the high school dropout who couldn't even pass the psyche eval for the army. We want that guy. Like these are the dumbasses we're picking well, for, that's for a the cops. Job being a street cop. That's well, funny. no, I th- I don't think it should be. I think it should be something that should be taken I think much it more should seriously. Be AI, but I guess that's not happening. <laughs> we're not getting AI. <laughs> You've been wanting the robots forever. We're not getting I it. I want robots everywhere. <laughs> I would say where the robots could be handy are in factories where we've been having people break their backs. There's no need for that. I want robots as relatives. There's so no I, need to so have I like little just, children in other countries make fucking shit. I want robots as friends. I want, I want Transformers. <laughs> I want my relatives to be robots so I can tell them what to do. And then they just do things. And it's great. I want t- the mini forms of Jeeves. I want. I don't know what that is. I, it's something I made up. Oh. I'm just saying like like a butler, like Jeeves. Jeeves. Oh. Well, yeah, of course a robot butler would be awesome. What are you talking about? That'd be about? fucking great. I want a robot butler that does my And if hair. Chris was listening to this right now, he'd be, or he, when he does listen to this, he's going to be like, that's not going to happen. It's bullshit. I know, but it'd be great. I would love to have like a Jetson style uh, thing so I don't have to like actually manually take a shower. I could just zoom on through and then I'm done. Yeah. Singularity, actually, I, I kind of wish that would happen because I just want to get lost in my own world without people. I want the people, I want to create the people I have to interact with. That's what the other side is for. Oh, the other side. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll know that when I get there. <laughs> but i'm immortal like saint germain huh? we're all immortal we have like um, i mean i'm physically immortal no that's gross anyway it's to deny nature and i don't like it your existence is denying nature this is denying nature us doing a podcast how is what this is not normal a podcast is not normal a computer who is, says this isn't is it normal because it's it's we're bending science we're bending the wills of nature to create this Mm, if you mean that we're trashing the earth to make this shit look i know it, yes. it's not in your like witch book your witch bible stephanie's witch bible which <laughs> i touch it it burns my hand <laughs> i don't you know anyway anything else uh no oh wait are you going to, are you going to admit that you're actually psychic because uh, he is no i'm not hmm 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 I'm not. Hmm. I just have intuition. Sure. I have weird dreams. That are I mean, we better fucking hope I'm not psychic because my dreams, uh-uh, better not. We better not hope for that because that, that is scary. So, and, and again, we're, we, this relates to what we just talked about with China and this idea of a thousand suns, nuclear fire, you know, like that shit. I, hopefully that doesn't happen, so. Just because you have a vision of it doesn't mean it will necessarily come true. Yeah. So many things can happen. I now sound like a a Trump talking about China. Like China. China. You know, they are a threat, though. He's not wrong about that. Well, Obama said many times that that the Chinese government was a huge threat. I mean, we've heard this from the EU over the the past two decades. So this isn't new 
new theories. It's just when you have a rabid racist saying this shit about China, well, it doesn't yeah. sit well. And also, I, I'm fascinated by the why, like I said in the podcast, why does the pandemics and diseases always come from that part of the world? And I need to, re- I feel like I need to dive more into that because it is interesting. Well, I would not be surprised if the government of China is, you know, testing on their own people because they have a lab in Wuhan. Well, this goes back to the plague. Yeah. But even before... This is ancient. Oh, you're talking about the ancient plagues. It goes... It's all the way through. I'm just saying in the past 20 years where uh, even George Bush the second was talking... Like when they had that first um, avian flu, that was another version of COVID. And I, I just want to say, we're not saying the Chinese people are just No, nasty. I'm saying the fucking government We're talking about complicit. the government. Yeah, Again, the, anti-government. The government is... They had... A, the goddamn lab was called like Wuhan COVID-19 lab. Like how the fuck more... Uh, blatant can you get it's pretty obvious it's pretty obvious they're fucking around now with it. now people definitely think we're kooks but this although, is not this is not some you know hey go hate asian people no fuck you for that all the kamala harris or kamala harris people on twitter are gonna come after us the k hives no th- this is not like look uh not liking the chinese government not liking totalitarian governments that harm their own people i don't even like our own fucking government okay because it harms i just don't trust people. them well, yeah, because they're governments. But I don't trust them in the way that the QAnon wackadoodles don't trust them. I, I don't trust them because it's an authority figure, and I don't trust authority. I think you can even support the—like, I support Joe Biden some of his policies. Right. But I don't trust him because he is in an infrastructure I don't trust. He is a part of a system I don't trust. It's not—I trust him more than Mitch McConnell or somebody like that. But at the end of the day, I don't trust any of those people. I think even if they have the best intentions, like someone like Jimmy Carter, he was eaten up by the system. You can see when actual people who have really great intentions and they get into it and they can't play ball, it it doesn't go well for them. The CIA runs the country. Uh, John Kennedy is a huge— We believe that. I believe that he was murdered by the CIA. So there you go, folks. And the FBI and whatever else powers that be that didn't want him around. To me, that's kind of a duh. Changing— it's also like the Jeffrey Epstein thing. It's kind of a duh. Yeah. And I think, and I'm going to lay it out here, and when we talk to Chris, we'll get on this, but I think Jeffrey Epstein was murdered by Trump, the Clintons, Kevin Spacey. All these people had a shared interest in getting rid of this the, guy. But Trump had the easiest access to him, so it was probably Trump. Well, I think— But they all wanted him I dead. I think they all colluded. Oh, you do? You think it was like a cabal of people well, who were they, like, they, yeah. It's a shared interest. It's not like they all get in a room together and talk about it. They— <laughs> Like the X-Files. This guy was <laughs> never going to testify because that would be the end of it. Now, how is how is the woman still alive? What's her name? Uh, uh, yeah, and this, is, and this is the argument against that. Ghislaine that, Maxwell. How is she alive? Maybe she's made deals. Yeah, and maybe she's promised never to talk. We mm-hmm. don't know. She won't be killed. Well, we, I think that's why Jackie Kennedy was And by alive. the way, this happens in other countries all the time. This is on fact. This is on record that, we, that these kind of things happen where they— Political prisoners and people that are murdered, you know. This well, shit, look what's going on in Russia right now. I mean, that's this is not new. Yeah, the poisoning of that guy. Uh, I forget his name. I, I can't think of his name, but now he's in prison, and I'm like, why did you go back? Like, why? I, I mean, I, I don't have that kind of ballsy courage to just be like, let me be a martyr for the people. I'd be like, no, sorry, fuck you people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm bouncing out and going somewhere safe. It happens all the time. Uh, the United States is engaged in all kind of political assassination. It's on record. The CIA's done that. South America in particular. Yes, Latin uh, America. Um, destabilizing the Middle East, which is why we have a problem with terrorists. Well, and also, and I'll say this, 9-11 was when we crossed over the 
to this other timeline, mm-hmm. I think. I don't know how to explain but it. We but we brought that shit on ourselves. It has been downhill ever since 9-11. Even the Obama yeah. years, you know, and all that shit. And I mean the government, okay, it is brought downhill. this on, on the people. They, they did it to us. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that the people who died in 9-11 deserved it or anything now, like that. No, I'm not saying, look, I'm going to be on record here. I'm just I'm, saying our government has been engaged with shit that has gotten us in I'm trouble. I'm not a 9-11 truther. No. I don't think that Obama and George Bush planned it, <laughs> so which is weird. such a stupid, why would they? Why? Plan, how would they know? You know, like. Yeah, that's, no. I uh, watched it. I watched now, it happen. Now, were we lied to? the whole world. The pretext to get into the war? Yes. That was a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. We were lied to. They knew there was no WNDs. I don't care what any bullshit New York Times reporter said. I used to argue with people all the time over that so much. And yeah. Now, if I, if I, you know, being older now, I don't argue with dumbasses quite as much. I just make fun of them and block them and move on with my day. Because there's no point. George Bush, Dick Cheney. All those people, they're war criminals. Yeah, they committed war crimes. Now, there's an argument to be made that all our fucking presidents are war criminals because they're all doing drone strikes and yeah. killing children. Okay, yeah, and there, and Chomsky makes this mm-hmm. argument. It, and, and look, if you look at it through that lens, yes, they all are. Yeah. Not to, di- not to I'm not going to be like, well, they're all just evil. No, but there is an argument there. Well, even, I mean, you could even look at like imperialist uh, United Kingdom and what they did. Yes, and all that's bad. Again, it's, it's the elites. It's a cycle. It's the elites. It's the elites wanting more power and stomping on everyone to get that power. Yeah. So they don't care who they hurt and they don't care about us. The thing that most conspiracy theorists don't get right is that they think the elites are super smart and they're not. They're not. They're just, um, what's the word? They're arrogant. Well, there's that, but they're also opportunists. Yes. And they have power and resources and anybody with that can get they can do things. I mean, I think they're under their own delusions. They're too. dangerous. I do think some of these rich people think they're going to somehow make a utopia in outer space and escape the hell that they have created on Earth concerning the environment. I do well, think that they think they're going to get I into do, some kind of space station. And you know, it's not I also happen. think that some of them don't even think it's global warming. They just don't want to be around. They want to be in their own. It's a class thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to be. They want to probably in the eugenics. Who knows? I don't know. See, now we have really gone down. <laughs> We're kind of getting closer into the, the Epstein, uh, what is it, the life extension uh, portion. Well, that's going to be about chronics, too. So that's that's a whole other cult, uh, chronics. And, and also Peter Thiel, or I think is, that's his name, the guy, the Silicon Valley guy that's funding all these Republicans, but he's like a gay... He's the guy that wants to live on the ocean in like a mobile city. Yeah, so he can just commit all the crimes he yeah, wants to. Yeah, he wants no law. Yeah. He what is, a psycho. He is absolute libertarian, like to the point of it being you can That's do- psychotic. Yeah. That's like the Negan character from The Walking Dead. It's the- like that. It's also like Bioshock, the video game Bioshock, and what happened with that in that first game. It's very similar. And that game is attacking that idea of libertarians wanting their own reality. Right. And when we say libertarians, I think Knowles is like a left libertarian. We're talking about these like, you know, just laissez-faire, absolute- We shouldn't even have stoplights. <laughs> Care on that kind of capitalist to the point of insanity. Yeah, that rich people. Yes, you know, I my whole opinion. They want to be able to hurt people with no consequence. My whole opinion is, if you're poor and you're a libertarian, I'm laughing at you because you're uh, rube. Yeah, you're getting suckered. They're taking you for a ride. The rich people, they're the real libertarians because they don't live by rules. And that Bitcoin shit, they're taking you for a ride. Yeah, we just lost half the audience. (laughs) Hey, if you've invested in it and it's making you money, good for you, but I don't trust it. 
I'm just saying I don't fucking trust it. I don't it. trust any cryptocurrency. Yeah, I don't trust any of it. I don't really trust the stock market either because it's bullshit. Oh, that's a scam. Yes. <laughs> that's what I mean. I've said that for years. The stock market's a scam. Yeah. Our whole economy is a scam. Yeah. Yeah. People on Twitter. Twitter is very liberal. It's very K-Hive liberal, meaning it's it's mostly, I mean, there's a bunch of. What's K-Hive? He always has to explain this to me because I just, it the goes in one ear Kamala out the other. Harris. Yes, we can. Joe Biden. Is They're, it over the overly optimistic left? Is that what you're talking it's about? It's the left that wants, like, they, they all cheer on compromise, and they're all like... Barf. We're going to, you know, rebuild America. And they're also, they think that, like, Trump is, like, unstoppable, and he's the greatest danger. And I think he's, I think he's done. I think they have a lot of 20th century thinking. I think things that they want to change is stuff from... The 20th century. I think it's too late. I don't think, like, when it comes to I'm the not as environment. <laughs> I'm not as worried about our politics as I was before. I'm more worried about the world. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's one thing that you, you'll, you know, we talk when you talk to Chris is you got to sense we're all have a kind of pessimistic view of the future. Well, I mean, the sea levels are rising. The icebergs are melting. Um, this is going to create huge problems in the future. We're already starting to see it with a, with an influx of refugees yeah so you have you have an influx of refugees and that's going to create it's more freaking people out it's going to create more right-wing populism it's not just here in the united states i'm saying it's happening globally because people can't live in places that are underwater or that are too hot and it's going to come to a point where there's there's a thing called wet bulb heat this is really interesting i i implore you to look it up but you cannot survive it could be like 80 degrees but if the humidity is too high you will die well, it, you will you will die. It's something that you can't. Your lungs and your body cannot excrete the heat from your body because it's too wet. Ideally, and it's going to happen. It's already happening in South America. We're closer to the equator, so it, this is coming. I'm not an immigration hawk, but part of the problem with what's happening is you've got people coming into the country, and there's this perception. And it's not just it's it, it's in Europe. It's in everywhere that. The governments care more about the refugees than they do, what, rightly or wrongly, this is a perception, than they do their own citizens. Yeah, I don't think that's And this true. is where it's creating the resentment yeah. that while well, you're getting all these right-wing populist I mean, if that government. was true, you wouldn't see them, you wouldn't see a bunch of Haitians underneath the fucking overpass with no goddamn running water and or that was, sewage. And that happened under Joe Biden. Yeah, and, and he's sending them to Guantanamo. What the fuck? Yep. What the fuck, man? Meet the old boss. Mm. same as you know meet the new boss same as, <laughs> same old, as boss. the old boss nothing yeah. ever changes yeah because that's the system that's the system human rights violations yeah desecration um i shouldn't be surprised look what we've done to the native americans and we're continuing to fucking do it so i shouldn't be surprised But my point is is that people think that these immigrants are getting off easy. They're getting special benefits and this is everywhere and i know all, and it's not true also it's sort it's of, not true though it's never been true historically, I'm just saying this, that you've had a pure multicultural society. And mm -hmm. the more you try to have that utopian society, the more people, because people, it's an in-group, out-group thing. It's, it's, it's biology, it's anthropology, it's us versus them, okay? And I wish people would use their big brains to stop the lizard thinking. I don't even know if that's lizard thinking. I think it might even affect the higher cortexes of the brain. I don't know. It's 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 in the blood. It's in our DNA. 
that we think this way. Again, well, people have these weird knee-jerk reactions to stuff that I don't understand. People like are self- people and- are selfish, and they don't want to share their resources with other people. That's what it boils down to. Now, once there's unlimited resources, and we can just generate things, you know, if we can do that out of anything, like food and stuff, you will have no more wars. We have a fuck ton of food, but it doesn't get to the places it needs to go because it's being hoarded again by rich people but also, to make more money. But what I'm saying is resources, clothing, all that. They you know, create the scarcity. There is a there is a theory that like a hundred years from now there will be no more war because everything will be will have the bi- ability to generate anything through matter. Now this again, Knowles would probably say this will never happen unless but, there's some breakthrough in physics mathematically. Well, there there has to An be interstellar style breakthrough in physics. There has to be. I think this, then it's not happening. I think some parts of science are progressing, but I think the AI stuff is kind of a. It's just sitting there. I think it's kind of a... The best we have is Siri. <laughs> the AI stuff is kind of a grift. It's these m- big money and Elon Musk. They're selling us something that's never going to happen. No. How could it? Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a cool theory. It's a, it's a cool fiction. Yeah. If you want to read a story about it, but it's not real. But yeah, this idea of the future that, you know, there'll be no more crime. and But one of the things about that that's kind of scary is it also says on this website I was reading is that the theoretical uh, idea that we will all be in the, it'll be like the cities will be abandoned because everybody will be in these online worlds. will be in this digital world. It'll be kind of like ready player one, you know, uh-huh. they're all in the game. Oh, they're in the stacks, but they're, yeah. And they're all kind of doing that because it looks so real. It's like the holodeck. From but even, but even in the book, like, cause the book's different. They're both really good. I read the book and saw the movie. That's a hot take. Love it. Um, yeah, even even the people who live in the cities, they're still in there. They just have more money. Yes, they're in their yes, bubbles. But it's the same like thing. Like they have nicer apartments and things, but they're they're still in these like high tech bubbles. Well, if you're like me and you don't really like people, it makes sense. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I look, I'm not saying I don't like people like I want people to be hurt. I'm just saying I like individuals. I don't like people. Yeah, that's where I come come from. Yeah. I I will say. I will say someone who kind of generally hates people, it is always nice to, uh, ha- like, when you venture from your home and you meet someone who just brightens up your entire day and you totally vibe with them and it's like, ah, my faith is restored temporarily. This never happens to me. <laughs> Maybe it's because you don't smile at anybody. I'm not saying everybody needs to smile, but try on smile? a fucking smile sometimes. Oh, you should smile more, Stephanie. I'm not saying smile more. I'm just saying try it occasionally. Nice things happen. Imagine saying this to a woman on Twitter. You should smile more. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not saying smile all the time or you need to smile all the time. You can have your resting bitch face. Anybody, I, think, I think people should be allowed not to smile. And I, that includes women. I agree. I agree. I'm just saying it's it's sometimes it brightens up your day and it can brighten up someone else's day. And it, they have done studies on people smiling uh, that it actually lifts your mood. There's something weird about when you smile. It puts out more endorphins i don't know doesn't do it for me <laughs> i don't think it always works for uh, sure i don't think it what lifts my mood uh money <laughs> power <laughs> sex playstation 5 <laughs> giant ass television uh and doing this podcast look i just mean if you're like going to the grocery store and, and you see someone flash a smile it might brighten your day and brighten their day that's all i mean i know i just don't care enough to do that it's kind of it's nice. It's a nice occurrence when it happens. It's really nice. This is where me and Stephanie differ. Mm-hmm. 
It's where my spirituality starts to come But that's why we're married, because it's a kind of, we complement each other's differences. The different parts complement each other. Right. And I will say, after I have been out um, interacting with people, I am highly exhausted, because I am an introvert. You wouldn't think so when I'm, like, talking to people out and about, but it is... I, I, I get kind of recharged, but at the same time, I I'm will tired say, afterwards. Because uh, we've been, you know, quarantined, but even just talking to, like, Darren and talking to Chris, I, I was... It was like, wow, I'm talking to another human being besides Stephanie. It was yeah, nice. Yeah, it was strange. It was not, and it was really and nice. And I kind of forget where I'm at. Like, I'm like, oh, this is what this is like. Talk. This feels good again. Yeah. Yeah, talking to somebody, having a conversation. I, not I not just having, typing it. No, yeah. I really miss having, like, actual, I don't mean, like, a dinner party, but just get, kind of like those just informal get-togethers where people have a beer or whatever, and, and, you know, you're cooking out on the grill or something. We probably should wrap this up because you're going to have three hours to edit. Oh, my fucking God. Yes. <laughs> Three fucking hours. Oh, it might be a sloppy podcast post. Yep. It well, might be sloppy. It is sloppy anyway because we're just free spitballing. So. Right. And my brain is tired. Next week is going to be week. more of a story organized. And then mm-hmm. we're doing more of your what I call serial killer of the week <laughs> or monster of the week <laughs> episodes. And then we're, you know, and after that, I think we're going to do something on ghosts and I'll finally tell my ghost story. So, uh Let's let the children know where they can find us. Yeah, you can find me at uh, Agent Bigfoot online. I tweet uh, things that get me canceled daily, even though they're not controversial. And you can also find me at, on Instagram at Spooky Michael. And I'm probably going to post a picture of the Mars face so you guys can see what the fuck we're talking about. And you can find this podcast at the Spookies Podcast at gmail.com and on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.